What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 123. I am here as always. We are still are seeing a black screen right now, but oh, hey, there I am. And I'm here with all these guys right here. Smooth right. as silk, baby. What up? <laughs> yep. Wrong over there. As always, 123 episodes in. We got this fucker. All right. What's going on, guys? I'm Anthony. I am your host. I am. This is Cali Death Podcast, and I'm always joined by at least a couple of resident homies. Tonight, I got Casey Howard and Joseph K. What up, y'all? Yo. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for being with me again. And uh, tonight, we are joined by Sasha Krosowicz. I got it, right? Vitch. Vitch. Oh, shit. I saw the W. Okay, one job, buddy. I'm calling it don't cross the bitch, cross the bitch dude. Fine. Going up. Don't cross this bitch, dude. Um, yeah, dude. You can say <laughs> thanks so much yeah, for being with us tonight, yeah. Sasha. Cheers, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Hell yeah. For sure, dude. And um, we're going to get into everything about you and about your time with Gorgasm very soon. But first, let's throw some plugs in the mix. As always, battleforgecoffee.com up top for the homies. Got uh, the Deeds of Flesh dudes put together this company, and um, we back it. We've backed it for several episodes. I don't even remember the first episode we started plugging them, but we'll always plug them, dude, because those are our brothers, our death metal dads. And uh, so, yeah, go support those guys. Um, for us, the podcast, you want to support us, it's calidefpodcast.bigcartel.com. Still got a couple of t-shirts designs there shipping worldwide from the press professor himself and um you order it while live actually we do this thing live on twitch i don't we never really tell you guys this but it's always live on twitch um you want to know the exact time it's going to be on twitch you got to be subscribed to uh our social media but go over there, subscribe to our Twitch too. And yeah, you could be here hanging with us right now in the chat. I see already a few people saying, what up? What's going on y'all? And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a party every Thursday night. If you want to come hang out with us. And then you're saying, uh, sorry to interrupt. You're saying that t-shirts are half price. If people buy it when. No, you just get to watch professor uh, put it in a bag of music. We do a live bagging. I thought it was that would be if we uh if we get rolling and start making more and more money on merch maybe we could do something like that buy it live you can get a discount that sounds like a good idea there's like uh, two coffee beans in it you know (laughs) yeah there's a there's in within big cartel i can run sales with codes and stuff so we can run that stuff eventually no that would be cool yeah i was gonna do a t-shirt drive someday so let's do it someday for sure Jedi um, grind with the link tree right there at the bottom of the screen. If you're watching this, you can hit Jedi. that link. I'm surprised Jedi isn't watching uh, St- Scott stream all of uh, Meshuggah's Obzin right now. <laughs> 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 what are you doing here, dude? <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, you would be front row for that, I thought. I just dude. checked that he has like 177 people watching. So if you're over there right now live, come over to us and, and hang out for a little bit before you yeah. go back over to Scott and support Scott mm-hmm. as well, obviously. On exactly. Scott's car, car stairs from Fallujah. Uh, yeah. So. Sick shredder. Isn't it like a three-day event thing and he's on day He's doing two? three days. Yeah, dude. Hey, hey, tonight, 
come to the Cali Death tomorrow. Yeah, he'll be here again tomorrow night, you know? Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so that's all the good stuff when it comes to Cali Death. Oh, yeah. Also, um, we it's up on YouTube the next day. And um, that's a link that I can't remember. I'm sure you just search Cali Death Podcast and YouTube, you'll find us. That is where that is the next day. And uh, Sash. Oh, wait, no, we got new plugs tonight, guys. It's actually really exciting, dude. Chicago Domination Fest is uh, sponsoring the podcast. There, very soon, we, we're in the process of coming up with a, a contest. We're going to have a couple of three-day passes that are going to be um, that available to win in a contest that the Cali Death Boys are brewing up in the background soon i'm hoping that by the next uh, episode we'll have something put together and we can get that going it's uh july 27th 28th 29th um i can't read i should put on my glasses you can't read anything. Yeah, you don't know all the headliners I I, but i can read immortal <laughs> suffering or sick obviously is that regurgitation yes yeah. it is narco <laughs> slave stabbing cognitive senatoph wormhole narc uh, necro something be sex be that necrotic human engorgement ar- yeah the human artifacts embodied torment, embodied torment reviled, virulence excision beneath the killings foul deformity i can't read that unnecessary surgery vituperate bludgeons uh that's You're it. Almost there, dude. All I got extracts <laughs> from uh, West Coast. You know what I'm saying? What up? What up? The other five bands on the bottom. I can't read. Yeah, we're so, we're um, at the bottom there somewhere. <laughs> but, uh, um, it's oh up, yeah, it, we're there. Yeah, that's bottom sick. left. Yeah, in. I think that's just bashed in. in. Yeah. Oh yeah. With like that's spray paint, like... fucking letters. I don't know why. So what is that? That's the was the name of the venue Braver House. Is that what it is? Brower that's House. Yeah. Brower House. Sorry. And that's in Lombard, Illinois. Like I said. Right outside of Chicago. Yep. 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 Friday. Of, so, uh, Joe, so Thursday, Friday, same, Saturday. Uh, same venue as last year, right? Yeah. That's so um, a little bit of Cali Death lore is uh, last time Sasha and I hung out was at Chicago Domination Fest 7, where we, I'll just say we co-headlined with Tavonley Vomit and Gorgasm, and it was a fucking incredible fucking show. And uh, mad props to the team that puts on Chicago Domination. Yo, you guys slang way fatter merch than us. That was insane, you guys. Okay. There's something about, you know, having the same name as the band that you play the material of that helps with the merch game. I'll say that, but, um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I was you guys throwing uh, a bunch of hockey elbows at you too, to keep you down. So, you know, it was a good fucking time, man. That's so, kind of, uh, that's kind of, you just made me think of something professor that totally, I'd never even thought about that with you guys. Like they'd go to a, to violent me vomit show and be like, dude, I want to fucking discord shirt. You know, we have we had some of it. We had some stuff for sale. What we could license through Brutal Mind, and I'm trying to get more stuff that's licensed through Brutal Mind for us mm-hmm. to be able to sell. But it's a complicated legal thing, so totally, I don't totally. know where to go with it. But um, but yeah, yeah just, I mean, you know, pe- that is very. Go ahead. People associate with the band the music being disgorged, so unfortunately, it's harder to sell non-disgorged merch, even though that's what you're playing. So it's kind right. of a 
chicken or the eggs scenario, you know what I'm saying? There is some pretty iconic to violently vomit merch. There is like a spot for TVV merch in like that kind of pantheon of collectors death metal stuff. It's cool. Like, you know, um Maddie Way wore a TVV shirt in that pathology video. That's like a classic instance. So I don't mind having that stuff. And that's mm-hmm. cool that we want to but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you know, to have like cranial impalement shirts or fucking consume stuff would be amazing so oh, hell yeah. on that yeah, cra- yeah. cranial and she lay gutted is like bleeding and masticate exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it sells itself right and, so it's and, and, the predicament for you guys i guess and uh diego picked up a uh i think it was a bleeding shirt at that show i remember him wearing it at the airport after yeah was it sabun and yeah. yeah i was like bro you're wearing this shit in public bro oh my god <laughs> that was a <laughs> tough one for me to put on too but i own that shirt and i still it's funny you have these certain shirts to save it for a show because you know no matter what it's not going to be looked at weird dude i just wear logo shirts there. I just wear logo. If you shirts. go out in public, yeah, that's, like, that's, you that's, just what, that's just what I like to wear. I like simple shit. I do have mm-hmm. art shirts too, and you you got the classic albums you love, but it's like, yeah, I just like the classic logo shit. Right, right, oh, yeah. yeah, and then that's safe too because I remember a few shirts that I had that I was even though I was like trying to flex by wearing them i still was kind of nervous by <laughs> is anybody could be offended by it you know but really who gives a fuck the classic dude? was the cannibal corpse like you know whatever mm-hmm. butchered at birth or, like, there's plenty of cradle well, shirt well, that dude, I have that totally well no but the cannibal too. shit in those days though that's insane yeah. in the 90s you know oh, yeah yeah it's different it's like you think Marilyn Manson's crazy. Look at this, you know. Yeah. Fact, you know. I mean, Tomb of the Mutilated still is ruthless to if you really look, sit and just look at it. Or Butchered at Birth, like those, totally yeah. fucked with me and still fuck with me to the. Another one that d- didn't really uh, makes people happy was the Deicide shirts, like yeah, like Once Upon a Cross. Like yeah. The, oh yeah. Like just straight up bloody like yeah. Jesus under a sheet. Yeah. If you just go to Brutal Mind, they sell some pretty ridiculous merch that's like over the top for me. Um, but I did want to pivot to uh, I didn't uh, talk about this before the episode started, but I actually have a tour to uh, promote tonight, which is oh, the sure. Last of Lucy is I don't have the flyer for you guys, but I have a lot on the dome. So Last of Lucy is touring East Coast and Midwest uh, June 1st through 16th um, mm-hmm. with the band Discordia. We're both on the record label together, Transcending Obscurity. Uh, so that was just announced yesterday. So it's my first time touring the Midwest and the East Coast, uh, with the one exception of the city of Chicago, which I just talked about playing. Uh, that's the only second time or return visit. Other than that, all new cities for me. Uh, and we're starting in uh, Missouri, June 1st. We're going to work up through like Minneapolis, Wisconsin, Chicago, Indiana all the way over to like Boston, Washington, DC, Philadelphia. Um, so I'll have the flyer so I can give you the dates and everything next episode, but I just wanted to, you know, give an early shout out to that. So you'll be hearing about that tour for the next few weeks on the episodes. Killer. Yeah. Oh, it's rad, be fun. And I'm going to just, Lucy. I was going to say, I'm here in fucking Chicago right now in Denver. I, why did I say Chicago? I'm sorry. I'm in Colorado. <laughs> Chicago. Oh, uh, 
Yeah, no, I'm in Denver. Uh, Lassa Lucy is uh, working with David Taro. I've been in the studio recording drums for the next record. Uh, it's going to be called God Form. It should be out sometime later this year, and we're going to be playing a lot of the new material on this upcoming tour. And uh, man, we just got some fresh mixes. I'm like, literally just did three songs today. I'm doing three more songs tomorrow and we'll be done. So this is wow. my first professional recording experience. And David Taro is just the man. He's so cool. Shout That's out, Dave. Awesome, you got to get on the pod someday. I would and, love uh, that. Yeah. And I'll sure. come, I'll showcase y'all bring the, you guys out. You can say what's up to T-Lol later on. Oh yeah. Is, uh, is Dave's bald head like intimidating? Like, is it like an orb? It's, like, like in the I room had to, and you're like, uh, so I'm not in that room as much. I'm in the drum room. And then I go just for a few, you know, like a few minutes a day, I go check out the studio and it's in his control room. And it's like, you know, I'm like, I've been blessed by the Dave head or experience now. And I got my video. It's like the tourist attraction. Yeah, I got the whole, but it's not super bald right now. His hair is a little. Yeah. So I don't know. I didn't get the full like pat him on the head kind of thing yet. <laughs> right on dude yeah always, no. uh, talk about the back of his head that's like the funniest thing in the world. yeah and I'm, I'm 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 gonna keep going this is the same room that we're recording in where uh arch spire bleed the future was recorded where death atlas by cattle was recorded i think where the newest cattle was just recorded it's all um band cave recording studios uh that's the drum room that dave likes to use i'm using the same drum set that a legion used that uh wake used um bringing my own symbols out and then um the new shadow of intent single that dropped today the new cattle that dropped yesterday are both mixed by dave so Sick. we've just been hanging out while his stuff comes out and we're looking at the comments and he's getting a lot of positive feedback so it's just been a very cool experience to like see getting into this world basically so totally dude yeah. no we're super proud of you dude um yeah that's a and name if you're in a band that wants to work with dave hit him up i mean it was hard to get a spot but uh because he's very in demand but He's great to work with. I can't recommend him enough. So, yeah. killer dude. No, I'm glad you could check that off your list, dude. Of having first professional recording situation, and it's with oh. a guy who's like fucking the name and metal, basically, when it comes to recording. Don't, so, uh, don't trigger your snare crazy, like. Some of those <laughs> <things here. laughs> no, we Sorry, have a really nice. <laughs> no we have a really nice snare in the room and we're using real snare i'm sure we'll layer it with samples but um actually it was was awesome is that there was a part of the song today where dave was just like i don't know where this is coming from but i think you should do a gravity blast here and he just recommended that we throw one in and we did and uh he's like i don't know what's gotten into me because i hate engineering this shit but like right now <laughs> from a listener perspective i want to hear it and I was like, hey, there's never going to be a better chance to get a gravity on a record than the guy who does cattle decapitation and arch spires. Exactly. So, for it. so we threw that shit in today. And uh, a lot of like 300 BPM switch blasting and stuff, uh, 290, 280, all that tempo stuff is going to be on the record. Super fast, super fun. That's super cool, dude, because it's just like a guy like that could just phone it in, just sit there and, and record you not really give much input you know just you know he might be really good and he would it, the record would be great even if he had zero input but he chose to involve himself in your guys's record which is really cool. i was joking he gets a writing credit on this last song and he also gets a performance credit on the song before that because he choked the symbols for me he like started the song from his phone 
and then like when it came time to choke he was in the room with me so That's he actually sick. yeah he gets a guest choke oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, he's been very involved in 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 picking uh the fine details of the drum performance and working with me on it so yeah and he's his air drumming is really good and he knows what to explain how to do it so yeah fuck yeah dude. anyway uh i would love That's... to fucking hear about sasha now so yeah sick dude well let's I let's gotta quickly uh drop drop the endorsements like gorgasm down because um yeah jackson guitars yeah, pv amps maxon pedals um yeah i'm i'm we we i shouldn't tell you guys but yeah we got a new endorsement with starbucks we're doing like an anal skewer blend <laughs> um i've been doing that for a couple of years trying to get a coffee bean uh damien's endorsed by arizona ginseng green tea so uh, <laughs> i think he's getting a private jet pretty soon we've been really excited about that and um matt is he hasn't really pinpointed what he's gonna do but he, he's gonna get endorsed by uh, a hot dog company because matt <laughs> eats like a tw 12 year old whether he's on the road or not and this is not a joke he, he eats hot dogs all the time so we're hopefully gonna get endorsed by that would I think be Oscar Mayer Wiener because uh it'd you know, be like a, some a nostalgia for Matt. And um that's it, man. Yeah, we got all these crazy endorsements. I'm hoping to get, Your, get a new balance uh endorsement soon because private the private plane will look like a NASCAR where it's just like <laughs> tons of stickers like Oscar Meyer, fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'd Matt Matt's all, all about hot dogs, even like as you know, all jokes aside, Matt literally like i'll call him up be like hey what's the, what's going on it's like 1 a.m he's like oh i'm just cooking a hot dog and i'm like oh like i'm like salt and pepper or anything he's like no man just just a dog in a, in a fucking pan and so like the moment Try he that. did that like our messenger chats are like hot dog emojis <laughs> like crazy <laughs> it sounds like uh odious is they just bananas Damien got old. Uh, Damien got old jokes from Sears days about like always talking about fucking Morgan Freeman doing narratives in the fucking sample, like samples for opening the songs, and we got whale oh, sounds. Yeah. All our songs are gonna mm. fade out with whales. It's gonna be fucking <laughs> next level, dude. I can't wait. Dude. So yeah. I'm giving too much away of the EP, but yeah, whales. <laughs> yeah, I'm dope. Oh, spoilers. How funny would that be if Gorgasm totally switched and became like totally different lyrically? Save the whales. Yeah. Save the whales. Fucking no, like yeah. Man, we have a couple songs where like tape. we're gonna we're gonna fade out, and it's like yeah, I love the Gorgira. Come in, and then Morgan Freeman starts narrating over it, and we're just like. But yeah, Gorgira, it's, it's got to happen. Say that joke. <laughs> I'm into that, dude. Hell yeah, yeah all well, jokes. Sounds like, it sounds like you're the guy who's behind all that shit. Is that your ideas? Uh, no, I mean, they're all contributing. These are all great ideas from when great minds, you know, collide. Like, yeah. Collide, man. That's what you get. You get next level, like art. Totally, um, dude. Well, we got to hear yeah, I'll, how I'll, you contribute. Yeah, starting all, with all jokes aside from vacuous sorry i'm talking over you and back forth, yeah all but... jokes aside wanna... no there's a lag between us but yeah all jokes aside i want to thank you guys for taking the time because you have no idea who i am and 
you know, you, you're trusting the Gorgasm label, uh, so that's cool. But like, caught, I could be like, your... a, I go ahead. You should. Yeah, yeah. Watching, yeah. I was gonna say I've, I've been friends with, with you on, on social media for a while, dude. I'm, I've been watching you. I've been you've been. Yeah, on my we radar, actually have dude. ties from uh, something we'll get into later that you don't even know about. We'll get into that. Who, me? Yeah, you. I'm pointing at the screen. Yeah, we have ties okay. that you don't even know about. In case oh, there's an wait, old school tie that you're you're gonna have to remind me later. I'll forget, but you're gonna be surprised. Okay. I'm like, excited about oh, that. I want to know about that. Shit. Yeah, you're you'll be surprised. But um, yeah. All jokes aside, this is your time, your livelihood. So thank you. No, this is and, your time, brother. And all the you know the roster of legendary musicians. I'm like not worthy to be in consideration uh, with those guys like you know you got james murphy um okay. so many this great is, names this is my thing so, neither are we you know, the, like we're the same we, we've talked to so many great people yes but tonight yeah it's all about you dude yeah dude we're yeah, just right on. it's all about Sick. cross of it it's all about Vitch. sasha cross of bitch bro yeah what up you know we're just trying to do like a metal public service you know it's like yeah. a park we want to hang with you we want to get your story yeah. and uh Obviously, yes, you did come into our radar because of the Gorgasm thing, but that's obviously not the only reason why. We like to really get into you as a person, dude. And I get how you guys are giving back to a community in a time where you can, where like Severed Savior, Odious, Early Decrepit Birth, there wasn't the means of, you know, you had MySpace, but you didn't have the means of really taking it to where it is now and i feel like severed mm -hmm. savior never got a proper shake you guys mm -hmm. serviles like a top three tech death album for me forever Fuck yeah i've always thought of that that way so you know it's good to see you guys give back to you know the community totally, or dude. whatever you want to call it so yeah and we're still yeah. super excited about it you know we obviously you know, with having the professor here and him being from the younger generation, we have a little bit more of a tether to what's going on currently, you know, being the OGs now. Um, but we're still super excited about, you know, what has happened since we've been a part of this thing. And, and we're still so much in love with everything that's happening. So, of course, it's like it's a way that we can archive um stuff that not only is important to us but should be important to us and um using this as a way to like solidify it in time and once the resident homies are all gone this hopefully still flutters through the you know cosmos i love i love how you're being profound in the bottom of the screen guys <laughs> repeats like raw dogging because i meant <laughs> i know dude i don't I, like when when uh sorry to interrupt when vaughn was going on about being profound on his like two hours in uh fucking diego is like hey man and he's like he's, he's like oscillating around the street he's like vaughn, like ice he's like vaughn is awesome <laughs> Yeah, so dude, that's great. That's so Diego. Hey, talking about ice cream and shit. I was like, Fuck. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, that's the how we are, dude. Really, yeah. like, and if you watch enough of this, you realize that we are just those dorks that are like, hey, dude, yeah, dude, fuck yeah, dude, ice cream and fucking everybody's sick, dude. You know? <laughs> oh, I know, I know the ice cream. I know why he's talking about that. Um, 
It just clicked to me. <laughs> uh, I guess a certain guy that that he used to be in a band with that is in another big touring band. He likes to go to the hotel room and have ice cream. That's the that was the reference. He was actually yeah. talking about ice cream. Well, I like. Yeah, it. he literally. It was like something he was telling me about earlier in person, and I don't think Diego thinks much about when he's talking on a podcast, how it's different from just talking oh, shit. on a podcast. So That's I don't think funny, anyone dude. else would have known that, but now I'm thinking, I'm yeah. definitely at an age where I'd rather just take some ice cream, dude. Real <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> Not the there you go. Ice cream. <laughs> well, fucking A, guys. So uh, right. we got to hear about uh, Vacuous. Uh, is that the... We got to hear about even maybe? before that, dude. I want to know about Sasha as a child. I want to know the how well, you were... Maybe. Yeah, yeah. When you were a little young buck, tinkering with toys right, and so, shit like that. So, um, simply put, I have like an extremely vivid memory of like young age. So I think first music for me, I was like three and a half, maybe four years old, and uh, wow. my dad raised raised me on vinyl. Right, so I never let, got music through the radio. It was always like full albums, and uh, for me, the right. earliest music was um, Boston more than a feeling, which is really funny. But um, yeah. he used he used to like pick me up and dance and he, like with vinyl. My dad we used to fucking crank it. So hell yeah. Um, and that song I was thinking about it the other day for this podcast because um, when you're young and you're so impressionable, you don't realize that like music's in like thin air it's like in the ether you don't know what it right. is it's just kind mm -hmm. of embarks your imagination in a way and and i didn't realize it but that song there's a volume swell so the beginning of boston one mm -hmm. swells into the intro and it's literally mm -hmm. like to me i didn't think of i don't realize it now but back then it was probably like magic it was literally like just coming out of nowhere right and it's kind of cheesy that the song is called more than a feeling, but that kind of what in, you know, entices the, the imagination when you listen to music is mm -hmm. it puts, it encompasses so many things than just one thing. So that from, and you know, and there's a lot of guitar driven shit in that there's like feedback oh, with yeah. the lead and then it Got fades it. out. So that song as much as music is timeless, like the fact that that song's volume swells in and then fades out, it's almost like it, it was always there and it remains mm -hmm. after you're gone. So like that just had a profound effect on me, not just music, but you know, like those subtleties with how I probably took it in at the time. And right. obviously my parents and their love for music vicariously they're living through me because they never played music um they just but yeah, like so, it yeah so i grew up on vinyl and it was always boston when i was or not always but boston and i think queen was super early on nice. and then my dad showed me ed sullivan show because that was the earliest shit he saw so he was kind of a historian like showing me the old shit so like my dad has like seven inches of Smokey Robinson, Temptations, nice. like all the old old yes. shit. Yes, um, yes. So that's what I started out with, and even like even when I saw metal when I was really young, I was like, how could anyone ever want to play this? And then 
nowadays I'm like, I love it. I love metal, but it's like, you're kind of like, how did I get here? You know? And it's, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a trip in itself. So, um, yeah, that's just like the early days, but yeah, all the folk, all the rock, um, all that stuff I got into extremely young and I knew the concept of like writing a full album. And when people sat down and they would listen to music, it was a different experience. Like you had to take a moment to flip the album over. People would sit Mm -hmm. down and have the cover and it wasn't like a little CD. It was like a huge cover. So as much as I, I am of this generation, I started with music the way my dad did not just the music, but like the experience of sitting down and getting into right. it on, on a serious yeah. uh, level. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no, I, I yeah. totally, cool. I, I, I think that's sick. And I think that's totally possible for you're saying of this generation. How are you? How old are you, Sasha? 35. Okay. So you're not that far behind us. Like you still got a little taste of what it was like pre-internet, just a little taste. Well, yeah, Dude, I got down with the sickness, me. man. I got limp biscuit and all that <laughs> shit too. You know what I'm saying? Jump the fuck Hell up, yeah. Lord up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up, dude. I know you, you know, yeah. I went through that too then, but let's not jump ahead yet because that was yeah. my teenage years. <laughs> and obviously you were younger at that time, and you're saying three and a half, four, and all that. You were having these profound um uploads happen when you didn't even really realize so up until um what point was it that you started finding stuff that you were into that your parents weren't into like you were being drawn towards new things that your parents weren't introducing you to um i remember when i was like five and my brother had much music on and black hole sun soundgarden came on yes even even though even though i was a kid i already knew what drugs were like i saw everyone like their their faces like melting and the the fish and cutting it i'm like a little impressionable kid going like okay you can get fucked up all right i get it and for some reason i knew that i don't know why but yeah i was already drawn to heavy guitars just like the other you said shit brother how old is your brother compared to you he's, how he's five years older than me okay is so it just you, you and him or you know you have more siblings i have a i have a sister so you're younger okay so and you're uh yeah old. yeah and okay. um yeah i mean even within what my dad had with music i was already like deviating within like the bands that he was showing me you know like um you know all the prog stuff yes um jethro tall i heard really really young all the folk stuff cat stevens simon garfunkel crosby stills nash all that shit i heard really young and um with my brother like he was showing me like beautiful people marilyn manson i never Mm -hmm. liked marilyn manson but i'm like oh that's heavy um he showed me Metallica Black Album. That was definitely a game changer. But then my yeah. brother was listening to a lot of shitty like rap music, like Master P and and like what commoners would listen to for music. So he was always like following the current, and I was always like wanting to 
go what are you talking about, dude? Ice, ice cream man and ghetto dope were fucking sick albums dude what are you talking about master p come on guys nobody no, else listened like to master p on this album <laughs> make them i mean this album make them say Ugh. you guys don't remember that song yeah no. dude i remember my brother right. showed me west side connection and i'm like you're a fucking white boy in suburbia vancouver what do I, you have to relate to this i'm gonna fucking and I'm take like, my stance right now i thought it was don't the funniest shit talk to me like that on my show sasha <laughs> you don't ever talk to me like that on my show no i understand what you're saying but I grew up with hip hop, dude. So I'm never, I'm a white boy and I'm from the suburbs, but I fucking love hip hop, dude. So I'm I just making fun of it. I'm, all day. I can, I can appreciate it. I'm just poking fun. But yeah, like my brother was, he had, he had like a Spice Girls CD. My brother had like whatever everyone <laughs> you should have led with that. <laughs> anything, anything on and, MTV, basically. My sister had that too. Yeah. And like <laughs> I had, I had cassettes. My earliest cassettes were like, um, obviously I had a Soundgarden one, but I had like Space Jam soundtrack. I had like Godzilla soundtrack. I had like oh, Weird yeah. Al. I had Prodigy. Wait. I was into Prodigy when I was really young. Um, Smack my bitch up. I'm forgetting a bunch of shit. Uh, Ozman Cometh, greatest of Ozzy. I got into on my own. Ozzy. Um, dude, he's playing, dude, again. I know. Ozzy is immortal dude so dude, sick yeah that's so i want to cool, go dude. i was like what is this crazy festival it's like three days in a row it's like every power trip coming. power trip yeah it's in indio or something like in the desert that's coachella that's where coachella is coachella. okay yeah kind of yeah 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 let me think if i remember it off my dome it's guns and roses iron maiden yep. then it's acdc ozzy then Aussie. it is metallica tool tool yeah so, the headline i think tickets are gonna be like fucking thousand dollars minimum i don't know i i'm sure they're all gonna sell out and then the resale thing is gonna go crazy on it joseph and i saw ozzy right before he took a break you know yeah i'm actually lucky that was a fucking cool show with fallujah and suffocation too yeah that's right yeah yeah that's 2017 something like that anyways sorry so you brought up ozzy Yes, yeah, sorry. Ozzy. You came across Ozzy on your own, which actually my side note was I also came across Ozzy and Black Sabbath on my own. And I think that you get into any kind of rock or metal, eventually, like all paths will lead you to Sabbath, you know? You're just eventually, if you do a, just a, a finite amount of research, you're going to just dig enough to where it's like, oh, yeah, those are this the is, godfathers. This is where I piss a lot of people off because I'm not a huge Sabbath fan like i played paranoid every day i did all that shit but to me zeppelin was way better and i'll fight anyone so, over that and once you get fight. to that point you can make that decision on your own but i'm just saying like you're oh, like gonna, early it's early something years you're forced to, to eventually come across those bands if you continue True. to take your own path you know not have people even if people feed you stuff eventually you're gonna be like oh you're in the metal check out zeppelin you know check the most out. underrated band ever is thin lizzy dude like <laughs> they shred man like yeah you know, i thin actually haven't like, had a lot of these like trails thin and lizzy like, exposure like, so um, emerald and stuff like that and the song, like, there's really a lot of people in my city that love thin lizzy Okay. I know a lot of people that love Thin Lizzy, but um, okay, that's cool. You know, they're we'll not talk. death heads like us. You know, so yeah, some of them are, but Blue Oyster Cult, hell yeah, yeah. totally. That's my underground and, man or underrated. Yeah. Or... 
I saw that. I like the Doobie Doobie Brothers, Steely Dan. Those are two of the best bands. For sure, dude. I think for Jethro Tall, uh, Michael Barre, the guitar player, one of the most underrated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jethro's insane. Yeah. Minstrel in the Gallery, dude. Steve Howe, definitely one of the best guitar players ever. Yeah, I was just going to say, Ian's got me on the King Crimson. I was just rocking a bunch of King Crimson today, actually. I was listening to Red. God, that was fucking... That album is so sick, dude. You know what's yeah. so cool is Red. that you have Discipline and you have Primus and yeah. Tool, and they literally have yeah. their sound from Crimson, but they're completely different sounds. Yeah, That's they took like yeah. little chunks of Crimson and ran with it. That's remarkable. Yeah, Tool Discipline on tour. Didn't yeah, they? go ahead. Yeah, to yeah. uh, Discipline. The record is a huge influence on my other band, Dreamer. On Chris, the guitarist, he. uh he had turned me on. Dude, that's that a crazy guitar I heard it. player. Yeah, for sure. Dude, yeah. whoever he that Chris guy is, I've seen some clips, dude. He's, oh, he's this fucking, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> a good guitar player. Um, yeah, there's stuff I can like point you to the specific parts of the song Space that are directly inspired by disciplined guitar stuff. But uh hell when yeah, I, dude. When I listen to Crimson, dude, I I literally imagine it's it would be so cool for somebody to translate that into like the metal realm, you know, that's basically what cynic tried to do. And right. But I'm saying like, it, there's certain songs like they're the, the first song on red, which oh, I think is just earlier. red. It's, it sounds like you can really translate into something really heavy, you know, you ever heard uh, the, uh, what's it called exposure, the album with Robert Fripp and Phil Collins on drums. Uh-uh. There's some songs on that sick. that are like practically metal, like like the song like mm. the way it is and some of that stuff. Okay, this King Crimson does that too, but it's more like fast and aggressive a little bit or something. I don't know. It's I've but always looked at yeah. Crimson like late '70s stuff, early '80s, where it's like Zappa, where it's not even yeah. to me, it's not even music. It's like experimenting with the audience and yeah. trying to get them to think differently. Sounds yeah, like there, sounds music moments, like but you're trying to like fuck with people, mm-hmm. you know, just yeah. like alienate yeah. them. What was three, <laughs> three of a perfect pair? What was that? that what, what year did that one come out? I think that was around that time you're talking about late 70s, early 80s. Well, kind of, yeah. The best, I mean, the most progressive era of King Crimson is really, I mean, all the all that stuff's great. Lark has Bill Bruford basically, you know, so like he was from Yes, you know. And so, like, you know, uh, Starless and Bible Black, Lark's Tongue and Aspic, yep. uh, you know, that kind of, of course, Discipline. Um, but that was, like, I think, what was the other ones around that time? But, yeah, those are the two main ones that kind of stand out to me. Um, Dude, there's one Crimson song where it's, like, the dialogue of a serial killer. It's, like, you're inside his head. It's so fucking crazy. I'm trying yeah. to think of what song it is where he's just, like... Um, Sorry, I'm stumped right now, but it's like, yeah, I, I'd have to find it. But it's like it's it it tweaks me out when I was watching it, like a live video. I'm just like, wow, this is like fucked up, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. No, Sick. and I love that, dude. To me, it brought you to oh, red, um, emotional red. state. That's what music is supposed to be. Now in my life, I'm like, what can involuntarily make me feel emotions? You know. And if it makes you feel fucking uneasy and creepy, I'm actually going to 
gravitate towards it, you know, because I have such a shield up from all the music that we've all been exposed to for so many years. You know, you've been exposed to the most extreme, brutal shit in, in music. It's like what really st still can make the hair stand up on the back of my neck and think weird thoughts, you know, and that's kind of where I've gravitated towards. You might have to go back I think into the seventies to do that. <laughs> nice. No, I think there's all types of music for different parts of a day. You know, like all different types of you know whatever you're going through. Mm -hmm. You know, I there's times I don't even listen to death metal for a while, and then or if I jam death metal, I never want to listen to death metal when I'm leaving the rehearsal space because you've just spent two hours doing that. You know, so heavy Not related sure. like on tour that's, and everyone puts that on the, in the van you're like i'm going to dude kilner told me uh cerebral effusion they did uh like a five-week tour all the new standard elite bands and the whole freaking mm -hmm. tour cerebral effusion only listened to brutal death in their van that's, that's all they listen to <laughs> and they're, they're <laughs> yeah, a really really they're a really good band but he told me that i'm like yeah. dude that's like caveman 101 that's literally like <laughs> dunk, dunk, like, zoo, dunk, 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 like for like five weeks straight on the road like Dude. i don't know i also heard those dudes love Great. to masturbate <laughs> what i went to that i went to the show i went to that tour and that was the shit they were saying on stage like shout out to cerebral effusion those guys love to masturbate i'm not making this uh, up that was that was on stage I mean, banter uh, have you ever met anybody who hates to masturbate? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, brutal death metal makes a lot of people want to masturbate, you know? So It does, dude. That's what I, happens if you put it on all day. Twenty Definitely the gorgasm, for sure. <laughs> um, all right, Sash, so let's get back on your timeline, it. brother. Uh, hashtag beat it out. I haven't it's said great, that in a while. Great dude. segue. Yeah, masturbate. Okay, Sasha, go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so you're creeping up on the time that where you started masturbating. So when? Did uh, that yeah, happen? a lot. <laughs> and every day. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So all right, bro was there. Having a five year old brother is actually super clutch because even though he was feeding you, clutch. or uh, he was listening to stuff that you weren't into, he was giving you a little like tastes here and there of stuff that you were latching onto. You know? Yeah. I think uh, for me, like when I bought a guitar, like Led Zeppelin was still my favorite band, even though I knew like Rush and Jeff Beck and a lot of prog stuff. And I was all into that. The police, I was all into all that shit. Um, just the, the improv factor of Jimmy Page and Hendrix and even bands like The Who. They would do like 10 minute jams or Deep Purple. To me, like that was the pinnacle of music at the time because it's like thrash or death metal where you see a band live and you're like, oh my God, they're even better than the album. And like thrash, it's like, oh, they're even faster when you didn't think they could go faster. It's like you mm -hmm. saw death back in the day and they're like, oh man, they were even faster. That's how mm -hmm. like jam and or rock bands were is like you see live footage and it was just mm -hmm. stuff you would never imagine in the context of the song, like the structure. So 
to me, that experimentation um, was a big deal when I picked up guitar. As far as like other bands that I got into on my own, I don't know. Like I was so influenced by, you know, all the classic rock, all the old shit that, you know, pretty much when new metal came around, I still like appreciated it. I knew it was kind of like temporary. Mm-hmm. I loved System of a Down. I was getting into Tool. I was slowly getting into like Alice in Chains and all the grunge stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew it was like like Slipknot I saw. I didn't really quite like it. It was more extreme, but I couldn't like gel with it. Yeah. Um, like when Lama God came around, I'm like, that's cool. It's crazier than the shit I was into. But I was like, went from like Metallica, went to the old Metallica thrash shit. Mm -hmm. And then that was like game over. And I was already down picking from from Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath. So like I didn't even know that you could upstroke for a couple of years. I just thought whatever. And and, you know, when I started alternate picking through like guitar magazines, you'd learn some shit. But I was already hammering out paranoid every day, you know and yeah. learning like van halen rhythms and shit so for all that it was already down picking and then by the time metallica came i was just like all right that's game over i started growing my hair out and just obsessed over that i was playing master puppets every day like within about a year and a half span of starting with like seek and destroy and the mid-tempo shit like within a year i was trying the hard stuff and i'd play ride the lightning every single day um nice all that yeah. old school shit i used to just smoke as much weed as humanly possible yes um through, through <laughs> high school all i did was smoke weed i still got a's and b's because i get grounded if i didn't Savage, I would go dude. home Oh, I had to. I'd get grounded. So um, I know, but that just shows how savage you are. Because I was smoked weed and I didn't get A's and B's. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you didn't have. You but didn't I actually have the didn't law. put in the work, dude. That's okay. But yeah, for me, like I grew up middle of nowhere suburb suburb of this city, and I used to just take an old school school bus every day. And I'd I was really big into Tool. That's one of the few bands I that I was so into. Where now I really couldn't care less. Um, not really? to take away, not to take away from what they did. It's amazing stuff, but you know, yeah, Alice in Chains. So I'd there isn't any kind of like tool, nostalgic connection, though. No, I, I can revisit connection. it. I, yeah. I can revisit it, but I don't just throw it on. And it you will know, like, take you back to a younger. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. All I right. mean, all music can do that, but as far as like the the novelty wore off, and I'm like, you know. Danny Carey's great, but he I think he's overrated, kind of. He's not horrible, but it's like he's like, like Lars Ulrich and him and Travis Barker. Like you see all the drum um websites where everyone's just likes the same three guys. So I think yeah, that kind of made me view them a Turned certain way off. where yeah, a little bit. And um sorry, that's super random. But yeah, tool was yeah. a big deal, but um, you know. Bad Motor Finger, Dirt, and Bleach Nirvana. Those are those three grunge albums are like as heavy as rock can get without being metal. Tool right. has a lot of shit that's super heavy, yeah. but 
I was always like, I marveled at how fucking heavy rock could be. I couldn't believe it could be that, that heavy. Yeah, um, cool. But, you know, that was kind of the gateway to bands like Faith No More and eventually Mr. Bungle. And so right around the time Metallica took over, I saw him live. Blackened was the first song. I'm like headbanging like it's 1985, like the whole set. <laughs> and then after yes. that concert, after that concert, I'm like, wow, I need to find a different band. Like I realized like the band had moved on and I obsessed so much. And then I found Megadeth and I was like, oh, this is like twice as good as Metallica. Um, so I went from all the down picking of May uh, Metallica to learning uh like holy wars the intro is the very first thing that i was able to play with a gallop like that intro did it didn't i spent fucking mm -hmm. 10 hours one day until i could do it and i just was like oh my god this is everything right now and mm -hmm. all right i got a question magic, for you about that all that shit super about uh about holy wars intro by the way is my volume low like am i no, quiet fine. No, I think that's it's good. Quite, okay. That's good. Um, when you play Holy Wars, do you count the intro as like and a one and a one and a two and a three? Or do you hear it as one <laughs> e, two <laughs> e, three <laughs> e? How do you count it? Uh probably the you second. Know you know the I think it's like yeah, yeah right. Yeah. I'm a typical like guitar player. I don't think of signatures or any of that lame shit. I just you know, you want to stop a guitar player, put a metronome on, dude. I'm one of those guys. <laughs> okay, because uh, I heard another homie, like, mention this, that they had to relearn it, hearing it the other way around for when the drums come in, how how it changes it. Um, that makes sense. And I just wanted and to know. I, yeah. I probably play I it wrong. I probably play it wrong, <laughs> but... Um, that's, oh, that's yeah, Ian's very... saying, and a one, and a two, and a three, and a four, and a five. Yeah, so Ian's the other side of it, I think. But the thing is, is I don't yeah. consciously think of a beat before, but I might consider it. I don't know. Mm. I love um, those ambiguities. It doesn't really matter how you hear it until you have to play along to someone else and tell them how to play it, right? And suddenly you should try to hash that out. It happened to me in Decrepit. Like, I kept getting fucked up on the Prelude. I thought it was da, 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 da. I thought it was like the did one and then but it was no yeah. it's a double one, two, three, four. But it's not it's yeah, it's, da, 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 da. it's one and it like the da, da, is the yeah. down, down beat da, da, da. Like, one and two and one and two three four one two three four I never heard two, it like yeah. that and I was like oh shit I ever figured out Anthony you didn't miss anything it's just two drummers talking about drums that's <laughs> <laughs> all good one, two, no, I'm already no. I'm already stoked on what I'm listening to I'm like oh wait yeah, it does sound like that happens in the beginning. It's not a full two count in the beginning of Prelude, right? Well, it just start like the like the the is the downbeat. You know, it's just okay. So it starts on the down. It's not like dead to one. Yeah. What up? They're saying things, but you can't hear them. What are they playing? Mario Kart. No. Yeah. Is it nice, dude? Yeah. Fuck double yeah. Pair, uh, Mario Kart over here. We got the fucking Master Wizard guitarist, Gad. Oh, we look at him preparing everybody's dinner. Here. Yeah, dude. Ooh, what up, yeah. brother? I can't quite hear you guys, but they can hear me in my headphones. Ah, oh, dude, I was. Oh, I want some pasta, dude. I haven't had pasta in a while, dude. We uh, they got a fucking. We're in an Airbnb. They went to Guitar Center and got a studio set up just to 
for four days and they're going to go return it <laughs> at the Boom. end of the trip. That's how you do this it. Is our Airbnb out here in Denver. So I'm going to have to eat, guys. I'm pretty hungry. I think uh, I'll, I'll give you guys five more minutes or something. And then I'm yeah, starving because cool, I was dude. tracking all, all day. Good. Hell yeah. That's no problem, brother. Well, but uh, glad to have you. Joel's going to come replace me, hopefully. He should. Oh, yeah. Possibly. If we don't have him, it's all good. It'll be Casey, okay. me, and Sash for the rest of the night. Yeah. <laughs> cool. You can beat it out together. We don't need you. <laughs> I'm still just looking at myself. <laughs> Where that's, 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 are you guys? You. Well, we, we want, you know, we got you while we can. And we just, <laughs> so he's just going to keep it zoomed on you. So out of you as we can while you're here. So just, you're on full screen. And uh, oh, yeah. So, Joseph, uh, um, how, yeah, how, how am I doing? Is, is Sasha in the bathroom? It's not on right. Oh, oh I, I can talk about recording if you need a minute of it. Oh, yeah. Just until um, you it. Well, um, we are aiming to go through 10 songs. I think the record is just over 30 minutes. So we have like an average of three minute song length, basically. Um, and we are seven out of 10 songs done. We got one more day tomorrow, Friday, and we have three more songs to do. Uh, How's the tracking we did... drum specifically? Yeah. Um, so we're recording with a kick pad uh, and I'm playing yeah, the kick parts off. Yeah, I'm playing on the kick pad, and we're playing on a DW kit, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16. Uh, honestly, doing a lot of punching so we can get maximum velocity through each section. Yeah. Sounds fucking amazing. Um, I'm Ooh. like, I play until I can't fucking play, you know, like, like I go max for like 10 seconds, and then I'm just like, I go max for another 10 seconds or whatever, and that's, that, once you do that, and, and I'm talking about the blast sections, like the open parts i play you know a whole 30 seconds and we one take it or whatever but uh it's like oh now you know how all your record favorite records are done it's because they fucking just go hard as fuck and start over the next bar yeah, or two bars yeah. or whatever well um, especially you got when you got like a good engineer pushing you to like be like try to do that section again and do it like your best or finesse yeah. you know yeah that's hard. um what i learned about myself apparently i hit cymbals really light which explains why i never break them um, he was just like, mm. yeah, like your symbols are a lot lighter than your like your snare hits and stuff. And I'm like, mm. interesting. Um, mm, interesting. Too so loud. that's one of the feedbacks I've gotten uh, on my own style. Um, that's weird because I mean, they tell you people to like hit the symbols not so hard, you know? Yeah. So you're like absolutely. a little on the other side. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't think it was necessarily I was hitting them too light, just lighter than the average drummer. Yeah. Um, mm. um, and then. I don't know. I mean, I guess I was just always used to like practicing at low volume and not wanting to fucking hurt other people's ears. Um, I know like the, the, you know, the masculine drive to just fucking crush your China or whatever, but yeah, it's not quite me. Um, but then it was fun to just be like, Hey, I'm going hard as fuck is, you know, literally hitting the snare as hard as I can yeah, on this breakdown. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there were some great fucking moments. Um, some other cool stuff on the record um oh he really you know dave just really vibes with the band and uh he was like psyching on it and he was getting all like stoked he's like you know what here on this part you got to do this and he changed a lot of stuff that i had like solidified like i've had this material under me for like a year some of it i was listening to the demos of it and and then it's like in a split second like a five second hey do this and then suddenly it's forever that's how it is on the record wow. now it's just so there's some stuff that's like that and i'm like okay we'll just see how it how it comes out and you just kind of learn to let go of everything you put into it and just let it be its own thing so 
Were you uh were you able to like since you're in the environment of I'm recording in David Taro's studio right now, blah 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 mm. blah blah. Were you able to still like sit back and like be in a part where you're recording and be like, oh yeah, dude, I'm fucking killing this one right now. Like, do you ever have there, that moment in your head? Yeah, there was a lot of struggle, especially the first day. We only did one song that day. I think we picked the hardest song, and it was kind of a dumb choice, but it's the one we've been playing live, so we decided to go for it because it was rehearsed. But uh, once we got past that one, I was suddenly, every other song, like, I mean, they're definitely challenging stuff, but, like, a lot of it has felt like, I've been fucking, like I said, I've been waiting over a year. Like, I got the demos of this material uh i think in january 2022 <laughs> so now it's march 2023 and i'm finally recording it so i mean if i don't know how to play this shit it's really on me at this point and, no uh, totally but i'm just saying be, it's always cool to hit know that you hit the flow state while you're recording you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like that yeah dude of- okay here's here's one example there was a part where um there's like a written fill in a song and um dave was just like what if you just do something like this other fill you had done and it's more like i guess you'd call it like a linear fill or you know a little more like like gospely chop kind of thing mm-hmm. and i was like yeah i can i can i can and so i like i rehearsed the thing i'd already done i changed it to this part and then when it came time to track i did something totally different and he was just like what you just did was way better than the stuff you just had been practicing and wow. now it's just it's just forever that's now the record uh version of that fill yeah i have to go listen to it and figure out what i actually did but it's like really it's like it's like super gospely choppy and i'm like really stoked on that that was today so yeah there there was a couple moments like that a lot of it's been a real struggle but you know like you know you fucking bang your head over at one part we did you know 10 takes on a fill or whatever but yeah i think that i mean i already alluded to this before when we were talking about it an engineer that can you know contribute to the record or at least contribute an opinion that would change the musician's perspective and find something because that's when we're making things the ego always gets in the way but if you can naturally push your own ego out of the way in a moment there might be something that could surface that is better than what your ego was letting you contribute Mm. you know what i'm saying i'm i'm gonna go a little uh contrarian i think you need a certain confidence that ego can provide in order to uh deliver on certain things it's different than the than the creative process where um you might just need to let go of all that and just see what comes naturally. But then there comes a part of, of performance where you're just like, you know what? I'm going to fucking just be me and whip out my fucking. And I don't think, I don't even actually think that your statement is contrarian because they're like, what you're talking about is um, how you get to that point. You know what I'm saying? Like you need, that much (laughs) yeah past that to (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) we got fucking big cigarios what did you lose your mic sauce did you lose your mic he did Uh um did did casey like mute him or something he might have look at wait for casey to get back 
Well, I mean, he can unmute himself, though, can't he? At the bottom? He should be able to. He's vibing, though. Um, He should be able to. Oh, he muted um, me. The there it is. Casey, there you go. Learn up. that. Casey, <laughs> Casey muted you in case you farted while you were on. I've been wanting to ask room. you this question for 90 seconds. Do you have gospel <laughs> chops, or are you just front and play a? uh i front all that stuff it's just from fucking around i've never like learned okay. like how to play any gospel-y chops type stuff you know i just uh dude but it's one of I the things it. where you can fake it yeah i saw john scofield with a gospel band and it was fucking mm. nuts i love it dude it i was, love it was that. like it was like from a different planet gospel gospel drummers are like the best in the world Dude, uh, when we had Alex Bent on, he forgot. I, I forgot what he said, mm -hmm. but those battles that they have, it's a specific thing. Can somebody remind me? Do you remember, Joseph? Um, fuck, I don't remember what he calls it, but yeah. it's like, uh, um, yeah, I mean, all the drummers just get together and, and they, what do you call it? Like trade licks or whatever? Trade bars? One of those. It's something like um, that. It's not trading bars or licks, but I know you're on that that path because gospel chops is obviously workshop is the, what, what they call it in the chat workshopping um but it's still like i think it starts i want to say it starts with an s but it's like they're they're like having a mm. fucking something dude god damn it but it literally is it, those <laughs> those conversations that they shedding, shedding. there you go Curtis, Curtis Riley coming through. Curtis, thank you so much, dude. That's exactly Curtis what I was trying to bass player, by the way. Curtis fucking So uh, for those of you who of don't bases. know what we're talking about right now, gospel chops is a specific drumming style. It's very um expressive and um free-flowing, you know, in the moment type deal. And the shedding is that I'm talking about is when they have this conversation two maybe three maybe even more drummers that they do it but the one-on-one -on -one thing that i've watched tons is it's literally like they're 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 shedding their maybe actually now i'm thinking about it, they're shedding their emotions their feelings through their drumming and and communicating that back and forth to each other and they're they like send it to one drummer and then they take that energy and move it into things that they want to mold and move and move back. It's like, I love that dude. I really, I love communication through dude. One uh, of the craziest of language. Ones, sorry to interject, but there's one of those with what the fuck. It's one of the best drummers in the world, but it's him and uh, Derek Roddy. Is it and Eric there? Moore? Yeah. That one's pretty dope. He and and Eric's Roddy holds his own, master. man. Uh, right. Roddy holds his own, man. He's 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 sticking it there with them. Obviously, he's not Eric Moore, but Eric Moore is not Roddy. Like they're right. complimenting, and there's no ego. They're just hanging out, and it's yeah. it's a great display of listening. It's not what you're doing; it's listening to what the other guy is doing. Mm. Exactly, dude. Yeah, like there's a great moment where in that battle or whatever you call it um they like go to a snare roll and then roddy like turns it into a one hand gravity free roll Last, and yeah. eric just fucking cracks up and it's it's just like a good moment because it's like you know he you goes know over the top with too. it yeah yeah of course yeah it's like leading up to it um 
And it's like, yeah, he respects that. And of course, there's only respect the other way around, too. And uh, yeah, that's a fucking rad video. Oh, Dude, also, I want to shout out. Go ahead. Yeah. Eric has a stick company. I don't remember the name of this company, but uh, Eric Moore has his own drumstick company. And I don't I don't know the the, the, the sticks too well, but uh, the video, the promo video of him playing the sticks is has one of the coolest songs I've ever heard. Eric. I must have wrote the song, so right. that's fucking rad. We'll check what it is out. It called? Damn. Someone in the chat, go find out Eric Morris Stick Company. And uh, Eric Morris I'll, Stick I'll Company. Um he's super yeah. sick though, dude. And I love knowing Alex and knowing that he is uh um you know a, a friend of Eric's and they have their mutual respect as well, you know, knowing that Alex at the young age that I did to see him blossom into what he is today and hear his story. Uh, I love no matter what type of uh, music you're into to have respect for just all musicians and all music in general is really how you're going to grow the best. And, and I'm not to not to knock Sasha's band that he mentioned earlier was it cerebral, whatever, um, yeah, they only listening to death metal. Um, I, I, I think they're doing themselves a disservice because they can add awesome elements to their music. Maybe if they listen to something, they else probably listen to other types of music, but when no one's around, <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, I'm not going to lose there? my death metal cred. It's uh, <laughs> a fucking, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know the name of it. It's, uh, it's not a high blunt? End cigar. No, I don't smoke weed. I did when I was young. I don't. I haven't smoked weed in like twelve years. Is it, uh, anybody in uh, Gasm smoke weed? What do you think? You just, Come on, now. who's sitting? Not, who? Who did you just pass that to? <laughs> no one. That's a silly question. Oh, it looked like you just passed oh, that off. Okay, super like... super real ran, um, random story. Uh, Eric, formerly uh, Visceral Discourse, the bass player with super long hair. He did a post where he's like. Yo, sitting beside Dennis Chambers on a plane for wherever he was going. I'm like, dude, if I sit beside Dennis Chambers, <laughs> I would fucking, it'd be hard not to just be like, dude. And, you know, like the first jazz fusion I heard was actually Chambers on a Tony McAlpine uh, cab. I don't know if you know the band Cab. Cab 4, that's the first, one of the first like fusion albums I heard. And, uh, yeah, Eric right. did a post saying like, "Hey, sitting beside Dennis Chambers," but he knew Cryptopsy, so real knows real. Like Dennis Chambers knows flow. It's no plain. He probably heard it and went like, "Oh yeah, that's," you know, he probably heard that a long time ago. And what's cool is if any type of like niche musician understands metal, it should be jazz because old school jazz to tour back then doing what they're doing. They're probably playing through to a yeah. room full of musicians like the metal folk, yeah. you know, like we what we do, right? So that's kind of interesting. My thing, my thing that would be showing that maybe they wouldn't be into it though is that there's no um, freedom of expression in live settings. You know yeah, what I'm and, saying? And like death metal played live is there's no books. improv. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta do it. Exactly. But there is some improv. 
there is some improv you know that's an True. interesting question is how much percentage of improv you know because yeah. like Very you know little. but i guess it's still for the most part but but other yeah, than solos you know like guitar yeah. players that don't repeat their phrasing but like yeah you're playing your point a to b where jazz is like we're gonna Sure. You know, it's a lot more improv may be improv may be involved in the writing uh stages of, of an album, but once it's solidified in time, that's how it's played in the death metal realm, you know. Yo, yeah. what up, Marlon? Yo, what up? Most of the right. time, there there definitely up. are oh, bands that that revamp and change their music for the live setting, but still that doesn't include Okay, you, we're gonna you, leave this section open for everybody. You're gonna have this I section not in, like, express yourself, level, but like yeah. I think my my interpretation of jazz musicians how they would interpret metal, like a jazz drummer, they would be like, "Oh, you're blasting staccato for like this to this. That's mm -hmm. so limiting, and it would just mm -hmm. be like uh, deprived of all the various options you could do. It would be like too much in that box." I yeah. think, um, and also the lack of dynamics, like the Alex Webster old interview, he's like, the limitations of death metal is that it has to be brutal. And I never yeah. realized that up until that point, whereas jazz, you can have a whole an array mm -hmm. of, you know, what you want to paint your canvas with where metal is and like we're not blood and black. Like it has to be like, you know sure. pretty and i'm not here to knock death metal because obviously we're all death metal musicians and we love it to death but yeah what you're saying is what i have realized over the years too like coming across um bop drumming like the i forget who the guy is and i'm gonna sound like a fucking stoner idiot because i don't know the actual guy but there's uh the art of bop drumming is the name of the book the art mm -hmm. of bop drumming casey's got me i know i could see he's typing I'm not sure it was, is it art would it be or something? no would it be it's like the for art of stuff? bop drumming is oh what up what up man what up what up sports for the listeners joel horner is in the house dude what up brother yeah how's it going Keep the combo going. Yeah, up, dude. I was up. gonna say the there is a album slash book called The Art of Bop Drumming. And um <laughs> there are guys that play out of that book on YouTube that you can actually just type oh look Art drum. of Bop Drumming. Oh, okay. Yeah. I I forget the guy who wrote it and and all this shit. And I'm sorry that I'm I don't have that information on off the dome, but um when you watch people play out of this Riley, you real say it again on riley there you go john riley was it john c riley john c riley right after he did king kong of all he was doing the season uh, five you. of uh tim and eric that's a good one. <laughs> yeah no um but when you yeah. when you watch a player that plays bop and and what is in between the lines uh, like the ghost notes and all that shit trip me out dude ghost notes are a, a huge thing that i'm i'm like starting to get really interested in because it is literally between the lines spooky notes of what you would find in death metal 
there's no ghost notes in death metal. It's just like full blast every fucking time. Just hit it as hard as you can. Sean Ryder did ghost notes. That's what I'm saying. So it's and 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 more before, I even, before I even had the language to to speak, not even speak it, but just understand it. You know what I'm saying? Let's get, let's get to the nitty gritty. So it's not about straight ahead jazz. Like if you're comparing death metal, it's it's more like fusion. Like, like, you know, Return to Forever, Mahavishnu Orchestra, like things like that are more closer to because yeah. those are structured songs that like they play like Aldemiola shit, like like stuff with like, you know, Steve Gadd on drums or whatever these dudes, Vinnie Caliuta, those kind of guys. That right. shit's structured songs and they might, you know, improv on the solos and it deviate. definitely has jazz influence. Deviate for sure. But just same way as like and then comparing that to like, you know, technical death metal is a little extreme but like if you compare it to progressive metal or like mm-hmm. between the buried and me or like you know or whatever or right. something you know right right so there's like a little more cro- or cynic or something like it gets closer into that like crossover mm-hmm. i but know like, i think for the creation aspect of metal or death metal yeah crazy amount of improv for certain outfits but once the product's there it's yeah, just a means yeah. of a sure. b like start finish yeah Yeah. all together you know i think one of the only bands that would have improv is the darmada um defeated sandy when i saw them live i'm sure there was solo sections where they'd have extra bars because found heads like you don't want to stop them he's just you know an alien so yeah well i would also say it's not completely metal but simulacrum we've talked to matt hollenberg on the episode on an episode and i'm a big fan of zorn and having him at the helm of your project you're gonna be forced to be put in a position where you're gonna have to improv because there is a section where he will literally tell you it is to express yourself you're talking about john zorn right yeah, so Simulacrum is uh, uh, Kenny Grosky from Imperial Triumphant, uh, okay. Matt Hollander, and then, Zorn, and then Medeski from Medeski Martin Wood on organ, and then Zorn at the helm of composition. And Dude, Zorn's a fucking genius. Like I don't know his genius, music too though. well, but he's he's so good. Dude, you know, we'll stay big, in touch. I'll give you like all the heavy hitters, and then you find your way into whatever you want of Zorn because Zorn will give you everything. I mean, I haven't he's, really heard any. He's kind of like a, a, a Zappa, where he has like probably fifty to seventy recordings already. A lot of live uh, stuff. Way, I, more, more prolific than Zappa. He actually had to start his record label to sign bands to put out all his music because he had so much fucking music written dude the masada project alone is like almost like 700 compositions zappa produced all his stuff he probably i know but zappa i zappa was i think almost 90 albums before he passed which (laughs) obviously in like 30 years that's that's killer i'm just saying like zorn has been doing it since the 70s and he hasn't stopped like i literally watch the dude that he works with for recording most of the time is always 
posting on social media. Got another Zorn record. Yeah, but I'm recording. Got another John, Zorn record. John Zorn didn't write "Broken Hearts Are for Assholes," bro. So I'm sorry. And he didn't <laughs> write "Don't Eat the Still Yellow Snow" or fucking Saint Alfonso's <laughs> Pancake bref- Breakfast. He didn't. Sign I just looked up. I just looked up like because we're talking about and stuff. Obviously, like you know, I've brought it up a few times, but um, I decided to look what the current number of albums is for buckhead right now and he's at 435 <laughs> yeah he's got it all bucket's got the fucking he's got them the it's record, all dude. it's all 388 um of which are the pike series <laughs> like, and that's like, like, like 388 albums of a of of a pike series that he has like, don't quote me on this but i think at like 275 he's like i think i'm gonna die i have a disease <laughs> mm-hmm. and then but he just, put out another hundred just because you have all those albums doesn't mean that it's all good yeah yeah i mean the True. fun thing would be like finding right. good shit like that's like a that'd be the ultra nerd shit is like sitting through 435 albums and be like i'm gonna find a sick song <laughs> i'm gonna make the, i'm gonna make the best playlist for all my <laughs> yeah, friends like there's only 12 notes in all music there's no way that all those albums are good i'm sorry yeah yeah oh yeah there's probably some that are just like noise that's you're funny, right yeah. I, I'm, I'm gonna be totally truthful here i am talking about buckethead the only one i remember is the one he did with claypool i don't oh, even yeah. know if he did more than with claypool but it was that one the bucket where... of, there's bucket of bernie brains there was oh, that's, nope. that's, that's that's uh this is a chicken something brain. uh yeah some chicken coop or something like that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that yeah. one that's it. No, he has art though. It's a, I almost bought a piece. He's like makes this random art and just like sells it for like a hundred bucks. And I'm like, fuck. There was one that I fucking had my eye on and someone snagged it from me. But it's just super funny art. It's all like weird and wacky and stuff. Okay. Like he probably has painting. Four hundred and thirty other art pieces you can get, bros. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope he has buckets for sale at the merch booth so people can be wearing buckets in the crowd. Yeah, there's got to be. I mean, someone sold me a buckethead beanie at last show I went to. It's like a perfect beanie with like a KFC bucket on it. Anyways, monsters was, and uh, robots. Thanks, guys. I I love you guys in the chat. By the way, anytime I fucking stoner <laughs> yeah. brain out, you guys always have my back, dude. Thank you. Monsters okay. and robots was the album. So what All are right, we in? Let's the... get back the fuck out of the weeds, guys. I think we've been in the weeds for <laughs> I don't know a long time. <laughs> Basically. It's all about the weed, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but Sash, all right. Let's get into your teenage years, dude. So when did you come across like-minded metalheads and all that stuff? I'm the token dude in my high school that listened to metal. Like I was like, there was other dudes that knew like Metallica and Megadeth, and I got them into death and all that, but I was like the only dude listening to like heavy shit there actually no there's a couple guys uh royce costa local guy shout out to him um high school buddy he plays in a band called nilithia they're no longer um doing stuff but yeah he was into meshuga and strap young lad and um yeah so like there there were people but for me it was there's a website called back in the day it was like musicianforums.com and it mm-hmm. had all these crazy reviews of all this music I was getting into. So when I got into Megadeth, there was all these other bands that I got into at the same time. So like Tool and Alice in Chains, I was listening to all the time. But mm-hmm. soon after, it was bands like, um, I got into Death and Mr. Bungle at the exact same time. And I got Sound of Perseverance. 
and I just couldn't believe it. It was just beyond anything I would think of at the time. Um, but yeah, it was like Meshuga, Nevermore, Emperor. Um, fuck, there's so many other bands I'm forgetting. But yeah, it was a Symphony X I knew when I was like 16 or 17. V, that album was a big deal. But yeah, I was mm-hmm. literally living in the middle of nowhere, working farm jobs, shoveling horse shit, listening to like Meshuga. <laughs> And like stoned out of my mind and um, <laughs> just ridiculous, right? But um, fuck, there's so many other bands I'm forgetting. But yeah, it was just like I wanted the heavy shit. And then I went to A&B Sound. I don't know if America had that store, but there's a few eclectic people that work there. And I was trying to get into the brutal shit. But the vocals were still like a bit too extreme. Um, but... All the bands that I would avoid because they're too extreme, like Cannibal Corpse, Cryptopsy, I would see them, but it was just like way over the top. But eventually those became all the bands that I was looking for. So within like 16, 17, I had Origins' first album, Dechristianize, Nile and their Darkened Shrines. I couldn't believe how low it was. It just blew my mind. And a lot of it didn't register. But when I got cryptopsy none so live their live album it was like a light bulb went off and Mm. i was like this is everything i've been looking for like the drums and even the vocals uh martin lacroix uh he never did Mm. an album with them but he was a phenomenal vocalist and yeah cryptopsy um that album like it was the percussive shit i was fine i was I, I got Pantera. I never got into them because the drums were just too simple. Um, other bands like that, I just couldn't get into it because it just was too simple rhythm-wise. So, yeah, once I got into Cryptopsy, it was like game over. Yeah. And, right. Uh, Death was my favorite band when I was like 17. I used to, I was learning. So it was like Metallica, Megadeth, learning all the Megadeth shit, rhythms. Like I wasn't doing the solos because. You know, I don't do heroin. I couldn't quite get there. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that was like the next the next thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, Peace Cells is like, it's so fucking good. Rust in Peace is my favorite thrash album. And I'd play that shit all the time or try to. Yeah, totally. On top of down, picking Metallica. But then when I started learning death shit, it was like, this is what I want to do. I want to play death metal was through death. And, you know, Miss Sugar, I loved a lot. Opeth, I got into. That's a band I don't listen to anymore. But, you know, that was like a gateway band. And then like bands like In Flames. I knew I heard Children of Bodom. I was kind of like, eh, um, I got to cool. I got to stop you right there because I just have to ask you, what made you stop listening to Opeth? Right, real quick. Go to me real quick. I, I go to live, you. I have a live unbagging. Oh, Let's shit. Go. I just got this just in the mail just now. <laughs> a live unbagging. I don't, I don't have a. I don't. I never Jersey? had an shirt. No, it's just a. <laughs> oh, that's it. Unbagging music. It's a different got, uh, song for that. I just got my first Opeth shirt. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blackwater yeah. Park. Because so I was like, cause I'm a late bloomer with Opeth, so I didn't really like ever get into them until like probably ten years ago. And then I was like, I bought understanding the compositions and shit, and like understanding like, and watching like, <laughs> still keeping the music going. <laughs> um, uh, 
just, <laughs> just under, uh, understanding them like the songwriting wise i'm like they're to me they're my favorite songwriters like i mean from those albums there's like if you're there's they have such a huge stretch of albums that are so different that like after it's like you know blackwater park and then like ghost reveries and there's a deliverance and there's a watershed and there's a, those are like the ones where i'm like jesus christ then they got all kind of like 70s prog rock which is cool but it's like just different style for them but like the emotion and the ups and downs they bring i was mm -hmm. like i think they're so, the most like all over the place band you know I, I would say anthony you're asking why i didn't get into opeth further like i was no no I, what made you was, stop it was like they're they were really good but like songwriting wise like i had all the crazy prog stuff of yes jethro tall um mm -hmm. all, all that shit early on and to me they were like and like even dream theater i heard i i hate james labrie as a singer i couldn't like really get past yeah, that yeah. but i marveled at the music um and i think i got <clears throat> really high on you know that old prog shit and by the time I heard Opeth, I was looking for like the more aggressive music rhythm wise. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so it's not that I didn't like not. Opeth. And yeah. yeah, and then like clean vocals can work in metal and there's bands that do it really well. But that's kind of what made me start to go just for the heavy shit is I wanted just heavier, more experimental stuff in the vein of just more fucked and it's a lot of his drumming you know that's why i realized is it's like pantera it's not that i didn't like pantera it was just the drums were so like simple and i guess yeah. that would be the same thing with opeth it's nothing against uh pete perez or whatever his name is good drummer it's just it only went so far that's all yeah that's, also, that's why i had to get into it like later because I, I wasn't into it when i was in my like teching get, climbing up like a crazy tech crazy ladder i was like I got to the top of that mountain and then came down and then more catchier stuff that was like written better to me, written better, like hit me in the feels more than like a guy going 380 on, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, and cause that was more like Olympics. I was more into the Olympic metal. I still am. And I have my albums that I just cannot like never, I will never stop listening to. But like when it got to the point where it was like, all right, Things are getting too crazy and like things are like insane now. And then Opeth kind of brought me back where I was like, okay, I like the singing. All right, I'm getting old. All right, this is it's like old Peth for me. It's just fucking <laughs> like, okay. I like I like the old I, shit now. It's like the classic rock extension. I, I think I was looking for more stuff going on in shorter songs. Mm -hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Where like yeah, I was yeah. growing out of growing out of tool, growing growing out of opeth yeah. and it's not that they didn't have good ideas it's like you got to wait six minutes to get to the thing you know right. or what happened yeah yeah so my brother, brother would call them yeah. commercials because it would be like commercials with little commercials <laughs> <laughs> and they're like all right back to the football game 20 minutes later <laughs> like, like, <laughs> back to the exciting uh, even with the opeth stuff like i bought I bought OK Computer Radiohead, and I was like, that is more sophisticated songwriting in a shorter period of time than Opeth for me. Yeah, at Opeth time. would draw it out. They would, that would they'd have twelve minute songs, thirteen minute songs, and you'd have to like, you have you have to go for the intro and then like go through the meat and go to like the the middle part of the story, and then they'd end the story. It was like a fucking book, you know? <laughs> <And> that's, <laughs> like that's where like a band like uh, Carcass Heartwork 
where it's yeah, it's yeah. definitely not prog or anything, but the the sheer songwriting quality. Like I was, I'm I started yeah. learning some of that stuff for the first time because I didn't know it was in B standard. I'm like, B, yeah, yeah, yeah. Standard. And I was learning yeah. some of the shit, and I'm like, oh, I revisited and remembered why that blew my mind. It's mm -hmm. just really great songwriting. And what's interesting is Heartworks like that if Iron Maiden wrote a death metal album. Like the leads, and it's kind of like Opeth has a lot of uh, Iron Maiden qualities. Death sounds like Iron Maiden, but I was never a Maiden fan. But Artwork I still got like more that of like a, a, it's like it's like an aggressive at the like a death metal at the gates was hard work to me. It's kind of like got the Swedish bouncy, you know, like the more melodic. Well, has has the similar rhythms. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear that, but. At the gates, I heard at the time, but it was too like just straightforward for what I. You sound like Bungle fucked up your mind, dude, and I think that we're in the <laughs> that same. That literally thing. did. You know, that's one of the. This is cool. Mister Bungle <laughs> is one of the only bands on tour with Gorgasm where we all love Bungle and we'll listen yes. to it. And we didn't realize until we were on tour, and uh, Anthony, Tony, what up? Um, what he's up? no longer oh. playing live with Gorgasm. <laughs> oh, the bass player, right? Of, yeah, about I can't say his name right, but he threw on like California and yes. fucking um Matt loves that, Damien, myself, and like we're just on tour, just rocking out to that and like Van Halen oh, and all this other shit. But you're right, Mr. Bungle literally took everything I knew about music and then flipped it upside down. And this is super random but atheist did that to me for death metal when i heard mm -hmm. when i worked up to all the death metal stuff and i heard piece of time i was like it took everything i knew about cool. death metal flipped it upside down and threw it into pieces yep. i think atheist should be like considered a band like dillinger escape plan where like dillinger exploded but atheist was so far ahead of its time and yeah. I mean, Cynic, everyone's appreciating Cynic now, and that's great. I, I got into Focus, like, when I was 17, too. That was a big deal. It was really weird. I was like, what's with the alien vocals? But Atheist was, like, one of those bands, kind of like Severed Savior, where, like, you guys never got the proper um, recognition, in my opinion. Mm, yeah, yeah, indeed. Well, sure. I, I, I thank you for mentioning Severed Savior in the same sentence as Atheist, but I don't agree with you. Um Atheist made a lot more big of a movement on the scene, I think, than Severed. I mean, but, and it's just so different back then. I mean, imagine like they got like Samba style, like fucking, like the shit that was like, not even that, dude. Like you listen to the because there, if you go, but back, the balls it took though, when you're they were like you're savage. in a death metal Florida scene, and like you're no. like we're gonna do like, dun, 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 you know what I mean, like. The balls that took to me is like, dude, no, like, and, I'm just saying, you, know, you listen to that, there's nobody else doing dude, that. Yeah, that. yeah. Steve, Steve Flynn on drums, I think that's his name for Atheist. Mm -hmm. Is it Flynn? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's like dragging on the meter so much where it's like he's almost holding back the shit and it's like this really uneasy tension all the time. And yeah. it's like that could drive so many people we, that are like with within bpms and playing to a click it's like he's dragging everything and and fucking it up because they're all we had uh drinking all the time a, so <laughs> trippy we played footage of uh tony Choi's first rehearsal or whatever with yeah, yeah i saw that shit. and there is a ton of great footage of steve's 
playing in that video. If if you and, guys who's listening, you want to check that out, please look up Tony Choi's first rehearsal. And Ran Berkey, uh, the lead guitarist and atheist, along um, contrary or across from Kelly, uh, Rand yeah. has such a great lead playing, and he's playing upside down. Yeah, and yeah. Um, you, you see know, plenty of that in the video too, dude. Yeah, and very few players have played upside down. Uh, Albert King, Steve Ray Vaughan's favorite guitar player, blues guy, he played upside down. There's very few guys that have done that, and mm -hmm. um, no, totally trip, trip and a half. Uh, totally. All across the board, originality in that group of guys at that time, yeah. and and we're very fortunate to for the guy those guys to pop up all at the same place at the same time to where they can all meet each other. It's so weird, like to to me growing up back then, like and getting those CDs in the '90s or late '90s, like we I had the Element CD, I had a couple, I didn't have like every one, you know, but I had like a couple of them, and like mm -hmm. yeah, to us it was just like. Oh, this band's a big deal. So I never thought of them as this like small band, you know? Yeah. Like, I was like, to me, they're like, oh, this band's like super important. You know, Mike Smith's wearing the atheist shirt and the effigy photos, whatever. That's because you know me, what's up. So you, you're know, in the know of, of understanding yeah. who did it first. And that was back in the right. days where you see early 2000s or late 90s. If a new band's wearing a Nile shirt, you're like, oh, I have to check them out because they know mm -hmm. the real shit where yeah that right. that, did, that picture yeah. with mike smith wearing the atheist shirt is like one of the best death metal picks of all time. so sick definitely they're like so mulling with the hair and, and mike yeah. smith's like this you know if i can that's like i mean off, going so. back to like we always talk about going to record stores and but another way that you like would find out about bands i found out about a lot of bands by seeing the bands that i would love and then the they're dude just, like what shirts they are wearing like I'd be like, yeah. Oh, what shirt's that? Well, I've never seen that band. I need to see that band for sure. Listen to that band, you know. But and I mean, that was back when you would just buy albums just because you're taking yeah, yeah. a risk and you're you don't and know you're trusting trusting your heroes. You're like, oh, that dude's wearing that shirt. He plays sick music. It's got to yeah, be, but good. it's you know, it's yeah. the it's the culture of taking the time out of the day to try to find out about these bands right um it's not so much i don't want to say it's lost because of the instant um social media and, and videos yeah. and add um audiences but um that culture of you know having to take the time and want to find the stuff that when you actually right. found it at like a used record store like i got demolich used record store i got pestilence spheres used i didn't even know what it was i just bought it because i was like this looks like something that i might that like I yeah and you're like no, oh totally. those are like those gems that you find um that's super yeah. cool dude and i mean i i've loved that feeling and joel and i have talked about it so much dude go going to the record store and then coming out with a few a few cds not all you want to do is get in the car as soon as you turn oh, yeah. on the engine you put it in the cd player and is it going to be good you know it's like that, a group of that, friends like you guys all could afford one cd and like it's like like who gets to go first like who gets to go first dude i think this is gonna be the sickest like, yeah I need to put mine first like you know i'm like and then and the sucks. first like, but goddamn. dude we've all had that first one that that has been sick and then you're like oh shit dude and you put your car into reverse like fuck yeah this ride's gonna be sick dude, that one, was dude. even even with defeated sanity 
chapters i i heard it in the store i threw it on and at the time i was in a band where we never played scissor beats we're like that's lame and i remember hearing the intro i'm like wow this is crazy i can't hear everything that's going on and then the scissor beat comes in and i'm like uh but i bought it anyways and then i was like oh there's so much more to this music than i realized oh yeah there's so many like going back then there's so many like hard lines of what we don't want it like like you said scissor beat or something like there's like a style that you're like nah not into that dude fuck that right you know now, what i mean nope. like well it's like a, a part comes in where you're just like all right well this is this riff is like fucking kind of too a little too breakdowny i don't really know if i want to listen to this shit you know what i mean like back in the day there'd be times i remember our, one of our buddies josh i'm gonna call him out right now we were when that um um that what was the uh Sval carnage album with the with that uh, that song dying will be the death yeah, dying will be the, that was like they released that first as one of their songs on like the internet it was an mp3 to download or on on um myspace or something yeah and i remember josh coming up to us and just being like dude this what the fuck dude they're what like the fuck happened to cephalic dude <laughs> and i was like dude they're they're fucking you don't get the parody dude and that's a parody like what are you and then their 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 music video comes out and it's about them kidnapping an emo kid and like killing him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, you know what's great about that with Cephalic is kind of the they. I mean, I I hung out with um the one guitar player. I think it's Zach. Right. I met him Zach, at a Morbid Angel show in um, yeah. Seattle, and we just talked about Mr. Bungle the whole time. And I realized oh, that yeah. that they incorporate a lot of humor into what they do because yeah. that's what they mm -hmm, are mm -hmm. they're still a serious band and yeah. i'm not saying more death metal bands should do that i'm just saying that it takes a lot of balls to be original and cephalic totally. carnage were light years ahead because they're like hey everyone's expecting this oh, yeah, we're gonna go sure. this way just because totally. we 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 have to otherwise we're not growing as musicians or and the crazy fucking thing with link people you know the link to Mr. Bungle and and Cephalic is pretty crazy because Steve yeah. Steve Goldberg uh, has done was uh, the sound road for, guy. yeah yeah he's done sound for like I don't know about he might have done Bungle but he's done like a lot of Mike Patton stuff like Mike he Patton, definitely like did Steve's Bungle like, on that last run when me and Trevor yeah, yeah that's yeah, right that's right was dude, on dude, sound that night yeah the drummer of Mr. Bungle is one of the most underappreciated musicians ever I saw him live with uh, Secret Chiefs. I and he was drumming for Secret Chiefs, and it was Dude. one of the best shows I've ever seen. And it was just—I'm telling you right now, Secret Chiefs Three is one of those bands that will hit you just as hard as the Stratosphere. For anybody who's watched the Stratosphere or knows the Stratosphere, uh, yeah. they'll probably hit you harder because I—I know what Sasha's saying, and 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 I'll let him go on to it. I just want to say I had a huge spiritual moment with Secret Chiefs live, and it was with Trevor. Same guy I just yeah. mentioned, but yeah, Sasha, what um, was yours? No, it was just simply, um, yeah, just with with uh, Secret Chiefs, they're what pretty much like that? I don't know, like 10 years ago, 12 years ago, but it was like I at the end of the show, I'm like, oh, this is like if metal musicians instead of playing death metal, they just went and tried to be mid eastern with Trey's electric sitar yeah, guitar. It's totally Trey, bro. And Trey's the madman, dude. He's one of the only people, him, uh, when I met Lesky and also Steve Tucker, uh, some of the few times I've actually been starstruck when I met them. Right. And and Trey was selling merch. 
and I wanted to say like my ass is on fire that changed my life like the riffing of it all that and I literally couldn't say anything because I didn't want to be like another one of those fans you know I wanted to just right. give him a space and just be like hey thank you I shook his hand and I was like holy fuck you know dude my dorkiest kind of- moment was we you know I lived with uh, after Casey moved out uh, of the house we were living in uh lee from a stratosphere moved in and we were just sitting there having some drinks one night and and uh trey came over and was wow. just hanging out drinking beers and i didn't know it was i didn't know it was him at all <laughs> i was just hanging out and it was this trey like and i was he's all dude that's the guy from fucking mr bungle shit and i was like what the fuck that's him <laughs> like, dude, dude, just, like i didn't know out. i didn't know trey uh did all like keyboard stuff too like stub a dub that intro is trey i didn't know that yeah that's crazy. He's, yeah, he's he's very much behind a lot of it, dude. A lot of the mm. stuff we love about those projects, that's Trey's brain, you know? Um, Do you know people that saw Mr. Bungle live during the first album? Do you know? Because you're Cali Boys. Do you know anybody that saw that first yeah. rendition live? Yeah. We got dude. David David Siskins for sure mentioned yeah, that in Bungle. Yeah, well, Casey, if you, yeah. I went to Humboldt State. Uh, for my first year of college back in 2001 <laughs> and uh yeah basically um just for for like a year and and they basically those guys were like up there and like from there and like had just been to that school or something like really recently or something or multiple people so that's my connection with them and then david would definitely saw that yeah or at least david was the one who had all the the bootleg videos of them back in the 90s and yeah well, I had VHS. I had like the whole VH. I, I'm thinking about it. I keep remembering it. It was like mo- mostly the Disco Volante. Yeah. Thing. And it was like a Dude, VHS you, of them doing live. You want to talk about like all time best band chemistries? Like Mr. Mm-hmm. Bungle's up there. Like oh, the yeah. amount of yeah. um, knowledge of music within those few minds is pretty astounding, I think. You could tell that they all, uh, at that time at least, um everybody was involved you know they were all so high caliber and they had been playing since they were in high school i mean if you haven't done your research on mr bungle they used to be called bister mungle that was their first name <laughs> and and they <laughs> and to be even... like they want they oh go ahead no I was, go for it yeah you can add to it go for it there's a little lag going on I was just going to say they wanted to be a death metal band at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like Cephalic Carnage. They're like, oh, we're just going to play a bunch of crazy ska music with breakdowns and these yeah. jazz lines over top of guitar. I mean, that's pretty um, inventive. I, we all have had high school bands, guys. You know, whose the- high school band became Mr. Bungle? nobody except for them that literally is like a, a fucking once in a lifetime no there's probably more but i'm just saying for me i'm like mr bungle all went to high school together and it started in high school i guess what the fuck Eureka? was i doing well, that's like that's like suffo suffo Eureka. started in high school right Humble, yeah, yeah, I oh, know. yeah, yeah. Suffo oh, yeah, in high school. yeah, in in New York and Suffolk. Canada. So you want to talk about like Long you want to talk about being inventive and ahead of their time and uh, starting straight up like, hitting like, the playing. lottery, dude. But in your formative years, like when all of us are going through, 
you know, Limp mm-hmm, Biscuit mm-hmm. and all that shit. These guys were like, <laughs> fuck that. We're going to actually yeah. do something really like earth shattering. They didn't have whether a they, they consciously realized it or not. And when you listen to like, what was it? The, the Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny. Yeah, that's the, the sound quality is terrible. But you see what was going on in there. And even Bola Chili, they were still in high school, I think. And Bola Chili is this crazy it's already a pre what you would see mr bungle to be ska punk metal all these Dude, i love like, how they're on warner brothers imagine like some executives being like oh yeah we got you know pay- paperwork new bands yeah. and like oh what do they sound like oh it's like faith no more or whatever like imagine yeah. them getting <laughs> yeah. uh the self-titled album they're like oh fuck who do we fire first you know like <laughs> how do we cover our assets on the investment of money here like who can we blame i just love the super northern california stoner vibe of oh dude we're signed to warner brothers dude if you take it and then you just flip it on itself it's mb mr bungle dude it's meant to be dude (laughs) meant to be that's their they they literally flip the warner brothers logo on itself and it's a mr bungle logo now and that's kind (laughs) of like the king king crimson like fuck with the audience thing and they brought it to a live setting where um there's one video where or i'm sure lots of videos but there's one of the first album era and they start with welcome back mr carter and they're like welcome back dude 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 and they're like oh and they're like we sold out and they walk off stage and then they come back and they play the same song but in spanish (laughs) <laughs> and then like as a as a crowd member you'd just be like what the fuck am i watching here and then yeah it's then, like a, boom, they, they, the they go into travolta like... then once you <laughs> yeah. catch up to what's going on they go into like the real material of what they're doing so it's totally like fucking with the audience yeah sure. they're always fucking with the audience even like with faith no more i went and saw faith no more and the opening band was all gay clogging troop they all clogged in in uh, wooden clogs to music for a half an hour before we waited for faith no more it's no i mean faith i mean a lot of the mr bungle things kind of remind me a little bit of like andy kaufman music like you know like it, yeah as like a different kind of a it's taking a different angle it's that you performance have to like really, art yeah performance art yeah yeah exactly oh, totally thank, thank, thank you uh jetty uh, I love all those like rival videos of like Faith No More and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, like on you know. Oh, dude, there's <laughs> there's an interview. There's a Phantomas interview, and it's like, do you yeah. want to see four of the most jaded, pissed off musicians ever? Because it's after the Chili Peppers kicked them off, and and yeah. Lombardo got kicked out of Slayer, and they're in Europe, and it's literally mm-hmm. and but Buzz Osborne's the king of sarcasm and being jaded. Mm-hmm. And then you right. have a younger Mike Patton and Lombardo, like freshly pissed off. And it's literally like you'll never see four more like beat up musicians of like, oh, I've spent my whole life to get now. here. I'll send it to you. It's like it's entertaining, but it's like, wow, you guys are. It's still like, fuck. yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the trials and tribulations of uh, making a career out of experimental music, dude. You know, Phantom Haas yeah. is not going to be played on the radio anytime soon. You know, I mean, you brought and, up Frank Zappa earlier, too. And, and and thinking about like one of the famous things he was talking about when when 
the music industry changed there's like frank zappa's got the best like quotes of like about music he's like call he's like the george carlin of our yeah. time that's really that's, he was, that's he was the talking, perfect analogy yeah yeah he was saying like well the thing what happened was he's all record labels they used to take fucking record labels would take risks they'd be like oh this is a new weird thing maybe we'll like take gambles on something that's different and then it became like all right this what it turned into like these kind of executives came in and they were like programming no, 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 music bottom, yeah no they're like bottom no they're like bottom line that's all that matters bottom line bottom line bottom line and so there was like a bunch of cool people back there that were like open to like making like like taking chances on bands and being like oh they're different but maybe it's you know a cool thing and people will get into like back in the and 70s 60s and then people were like oh this is the sound that sells though you know they got the bottom line business people in there they're like no this is what's marketed to sell is this and then they just signed only that didn't take any chances it became like very safe for them to be like pop yeah, and easy you know easy listening kind of not easy listening but like add kind of to catchy what, chorus yeah to add to what joel's saying that's why i go on about the beatles because people hate me talking about the beatles but before them there was never a song over three minutes long um they mm -hmm. bands didn't sing about death they you know and when the beatles grew their hair out it actually changed the culture like people realized like oh you can live a different life. You don't have to be like cut into a box. And I mean, a lot of, I mean, to me, the greatest music in many ways was from 1968 to 75 because every band was completely different, like in so many different ways because they realized that you can, obviously through doing drugs and shit, but also thinking for yourself and being an individual you had the freedom mm -hmm. to become something whereas prior to that in vietnam and all that like cookie cutter like you know indoctrination of the system um the beatles were able to deviate from that and that's kind of what zappa was saying is like yeah. people were taking risks because a lot of the great music that was changing the world were risk takers and people that were trailblazing and writing and about zappa stuff was i was just gonna say zappa was taking those risks back in six you said 68 to 75 and that's oh yeah uh, the mothers i think their first record came out in 68 or something like that yeah mothers of like that. and and at that time he was taking tons of risks because when you listen to those first three mothers of invention albums which is um uh freak out um absolutely free and we're only in it for the money for the money yeah when you build up to we're only in it for the money which i would say if anybody wants to listen to one of those three listen to we're only in it for the money because it is the mr bungle record of 1968 or 69 whenever it came out because there are so many different um genre blending aspects to the album plus all this satire and parody built into the record that is basically uh un unveiling every stupid aspect of living at that time you know you, you, he's making fun really of the hippies you he's know making what's really fun funny of the government about that era anthony is Zappa was ignorant to drugs because he just smoked smoked cigarettes and drank coffee. So yep. what I find very interesting is he was creating the world for hippies 
even though he like deep down had a disdain for them. You I know don't what think I he mean? was creating and, and, the world because that was already after the flower power movement. Yeah, but he was the most far out man. Like his music was I so know. out it, there. But how the irony is like back on it. Everybody looks back on it. Like anytime I bring up Zappa to somebody who's uninformed, will always be like, "Yeah, dude, that was that guy sound like he took a ton of ass," and I'm just like, "Yeah, he didn't take any of it." <laughs> or like on the fringe levels of like, like people with like like Grateful Dead and stuff, and they would quote like more mainstream avenues, like in literally like the fucking acid, like the on the campus. Well, the bad acid, people. Grateful Dead's like yeah, all the people I mean, that did the brown acid ended up yeah. listening to Grateful Dead. You know, like, don't totally. don't take the brown yeah, acid. Yeah, That's yeah. fucking Grateful well, this Dead. This whole jam band thing. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, I like, I, really I, read a, I read a book on Zappa, and I only got halfway through because it, it didn't, it, I lost interest. But um, in his heyday, if someone at a club gave him a brick of hash, he didn't know the difference between that and heroin. Like, he just was so detached from a lot yeah. of the people that were checking out his music. That's all I'm saying. Right. It was just very yeah. funny to have that uh, dichotomy. No, I'm totally, I'm Man. down that he stayed away because what would have happened to that brain? You know, what yeah, if, but what if he did smoke weed, man? That's like you ever listen to Zappa? Oh, no, Zappa's like, yeah. yeah what if Zappa? Yeah, I wrote this song. What if he wrote it on weed, man? Yeah, yeah, or on acid like, or something. Like, but it's like Jesus. authors and stuff, like people that write things that are also either like they really weren't like doing it, or they just have that mind, like his imagination kind of thing, you know, or like you know, expression. Well, dude, it's like and Stephen King was like high as fuck for a lot of the, you know, a lot of the shit he wrote was. He's he famously is super. He doesn't even remember writing Cujo because he was. Yeah, so didn't remind. He didn't remember writing that. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> That's hilarious, dude. How could you write a whole movie and just? I mean, a whole book and ah, just get hammered every night and just like I, fucking do a bunch of lines I, and be like. I, I I think the thing about the Beatles that people like that like you said earlier, Sasha. I wanted to say this is that people don't like realize is like that was like a major shift in like what's rock and roll, which kind of led to like what we do even with metal. Like even though you know Helter Skelter is kind of some people say that's even like the first metal song or whatever you know all that. But really, like before that, it was like classic. You know, like you know Chuck Berry, you know Ray Charles, mm -hmm. you know Elvis, of course, mainstream fifties uh, rock, and then and then the early sixties was like surf rock and shit. And well, then, dude, like '64 was British Invasion around around that kind of time ish around there, dude, I think, right? Adding, then, adding to what? You, oh, good. Adding oh, to what you said when late '60s, yeah. <laughs> you, when um, you people don't know, like, because you know you're five generations later, but when Bob Dylan went electric, that was blasphemy. When Buddy yeah, Holly no, had distortion in his that. guitar, Buddy Holly had distortion in his guitar. Like parents were mm -hmm. like, "Oh my God, this is bad." Get the fuck out of here. This so, is like, they're like you're peaking your amp dude this is blasphemy dude you're, like for me <laughs> you're over gaining my, my amp they <laughs> already got me, the lingo <laughs> it's like with the who boris the spider that vocal no one did that back then there's like early pink yeah, Floyd the who where, like roger was... waters did some screams mm -hmm. there's like some weird yeah. live pink floyd stuff where he does like a oh, screech yeah. and i was like holy fuck like yeah. what year is this you know so well, I think like, like the mid '60s was the real change in culture from like, 
you know, like the like safe rock and roll, like everyone wearing the same outfit kind of thing into like the Beatles really was kind of like, that's like the main, like, you know, focus of course the rolling stones and all these other groups in that time but that led to the late 60s like Jimi hendrix and all that and it was always going back and forth like across the pond you know so it was like america britain great and then of course europe and all in, in germany all the different like all kinds of rock and roll getting passed around and then and then like by the late 60s it was just like explosion of that that whole cultural and then of course of vietnam the psychedelic like all that stuff and it yeah. just took off Timothy and then, Leary, you know all that stuff. oh yeah and that was a yeah, huge yeah. influence on everything but like that's where it really started where you know late 60s where it started getting kind of darker and you had sabbath come in zeppelin and bands like that that took it to like a darker like level well, you, like that you, but um, you know you know what's interesting is uh jethro tall aqualung that opening mm -hmm. riff din, 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 din. he's using a tritone note that's the exact same note on the guitar as black sabbath black sabbath that that's the same uh, yeah. note as black sabbath black funny sabbath. how it has that that bell like from the bell tolls it's the same freaking bell <laughs> like it, but there's something you got to say that i mean I, I i know that you prefer zeppelin over sabbath and it's all good i'm the other way i'm like all about sabbath but it's all good the point is you got it when you put that song on though you're just like Dude, that song is like pretty dark. Like, well, dude, so dude, the the, the, like, the wizard, the Sabbath, the wizard, the guitar tone on that is absurdly heavy. Like I, I'll throw that on randomly, and I'm like, fuck, that's so heavy. Like it yeah. just it cuts, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's what's it's so cool about the like going to the origins of everything for me, dude. I like yeah. to like. I like to go back and just like dig to like where did new ideas new i to find the new idea that would be so cool to be like where was the actual idea that started this all can i ask you guys a question this is a trivia question Please. where was the first 37 um, <laughs> the origin <laughs> What's the origin of uh, the term heavy metal? What was the first publication of the word heavy metal? Guess. Was it was, was it what Sabbath? album? Was it was Sabbath? No. Mm -mm. Someone mentioned him earlier, but it was uh, oh. Jimi Hendrix, Axis Bold oh. as Love. Rolling really? Stone did a review of that album and his Love solos. It. You can you can hear it, but they described his solos as if it was heavy metal falling from the sky. Fuck wow! Yeah. Oh damn, dude. And if love you listen it. to like, uh, if six was nine, if if six was nine, there's like a jazz breakdown, and you have these like sweeping leads that just fall out of nothingness. And I'm like, I can kind of hear what they're saying. Yes, dude. I so love that. Cool. I love those little tidbits, dude. That may have been the origin, right? Maybe it's not, but I read that somewhere. I mean, that, so that it must be deal. true, right? Well, there. Were, I mean, Hendrix was playing at what? What year was he playing? Oh, the sixties. Started sixty-seven, sixty-eight. Yeah, I read yeah. a book on Hendrix where Chas Chandler of the Animals, bass player, like House of the Rising Sun, Animals. You know that band. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the bass player Chas yeah. Chandler found Hendrix in Vegas, um, Vegas, in San Francisco. He met him and convinced him to come to England. So we probably would have had a different understanding of Hendrix. His music may have been different because when he went to England, it took 
the Claptons, the Jeff Beck, all those mm-hmm. big heavy hitters. And they're like, who the fuck is this guy? And actually, mm-hmm. the first time right. when the Beatles heard about it, this is a cool story. McCartney and I think Harrison were going to go check out this guy, Jimi Hendrix. Everyone's yeah, I remember, I remember hearing this story. Yes, yeah, this story. is crazy. Um, Sergeant, Sergeant Peppers hadn't been out for not even four days, and they're going to go see Hendrix play. And the opening song that he played oh, for the yeah, crowd, I've heard th- he, yeah. he, he didn't know the Beatles were there. He played the opening set was Sergeant Peppers. So with him hearing the song for four days, he learned it by ear. And it was 20 years ago today, Sergeant Pepper told the band to play. He played it and then probably shredded his ass off. Maybe it was on ass and maybe he wasn't. But that was, imagine being one of those Beatles guys. And they're like, oh, this guy's literally just destroying what we just put out. (laughs) Four days ago. Yeah, I remember. I remember uh, watching an interview with McCartney. Talk. I I randomly saw an interview of him talking about seeing Hendrix for the first time ever, and he was just like, like, like going into a club, like, God, check this guy out, check this guy out, and like, he was just like, what the fuck? He was like, this is like the best guitar player I've ever seen. I think I don't know. You know, it's like hearing me hearing Spawn of Possession in 2002, going like, what the fuck is? Why am I even? Why would we play guitar? Well, this is dumb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. That's... Jimi Hendrix was like the necrophagist. <laughs> yeah. You know, just like what he the was. Fuck? Like everyone's like, I know. Okay. All right, Jesus. I know. It yeah. Was I mean, for watching his reaction to it was pretty. I mean, I think it might have been on the Howard Stern show. He was talking about it, but like he goes into a really like a detailed memory of him like seeing that. <laughs> what the Dude, everyone talks <laughs> about Hendrix lead playing, but if you actually learn his rhythm stuff. And the fact that he can sing over that blows my uh, mind because yeah. there's all these syncopations between um, melodies yep. or like block shapes and inversions. And then he's like, all right, he's just like singing over it casually. But like the rhythm shit's just fucking hard, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, that's everyone's been trying to copy it for a day. I mean, John Frusciante and all, dude, like it's like a list, huge list of guitarists that have been trying to do that for days and not even having to sing and create it and do it all that at the same time. It's insane, man. Oh, yeah. It's in the, I mean, it's like, yeah, actually going and paying attention to everything because everyone always talked about I'm one of those people that was kind of like, all right, well, this is getting like beating a dead horse. Everyone loves Jimi Hendrix. Like, I'm not going to start listening to him now. <laughs> like, it's like, he's obviously number one. Like I'm going to find mine, like my number one, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm not going to be at the Mount Rushmore or hang out with the Mount Rushmore well, number. Dude, if, know, if I people. found spawn a possession at the same time <laughs> as Hendrix, I'd probably listen to spawn a possession. <laughs> Call me crazy. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. Dilly, to me. But I mean, dilly, 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 dilly. yeah, but as I get older, though, I listen to like just the the soul and the and the placement of things, what he's doing, and I'm like paying attention more. I'm not paying attention to like if it's crazy or not. I'm paying attention to like the soul of how I'm feeling about what he's playing. And I actually listened to Hendrix the other day, and I was like completely blown away. I was yeah, like, he's great, dude. I was like, <laughs> he's fucking you know, great. Hendrix you know, played um, eights. You know how we play tens or whatever, oh, and really, acoustics right, or twelve. Yeah, yeah. So he played really light strings. So when you when you're bending like not a half, but you're bending like a half and a little bit more or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. like you can just control it a bit differently. And I mean, on like the flip side, St- Stevie, oh, go Steve ahead. Ray Vaughn put 11th. Yeah. No, yeah. no. Stevie Ray Vaughn played like the opposite. Ted, there's a magazine I read Ted Nuge 
Nugent tried to pick up Steve Ray's guitar and play it, and he couldn't bend because he had. That's what I'm saying. He played like he played he played a a, a, yeah twelves or thirteens, right? And he was playing twelve or thirteen gauge strings, and he was playing like a half step down. He's like a half step down. And like I don't do that, but um that heavy, but I do an Alice in Chains cover band, and I play like elevens or or whatever yeah. just because it's Thick, thicker dude. and when you bet when you bend you have to like really dig in and well that's what i love about uh, steve ray vaughn is that like you can tell like with a lot of blues like when i hear nowadays i don't really believe them if that makes any sense like with steve ray vaughn knowing the string gauge that he plays yeah he's just like damn that guy works for it yeah and then he's like he you had can like, tell that he guy's had, like, like actually dealing with pain that's what I'm saying. He's dealing yeah, and, with pain. And, that guy's like real blues. That guy's like how much you know. he was drinking and like throwing his guitar around because he was drunk yeah. and a mess. And to rip into those those bends the way he did, like you need like fucking bare hands, man, to do. You need that to be. Shit. Well, I mean, talking about yeah. Allison Chains. I mean, shout out to Jerry Cantrell. I mean, dude, and uh, and I know he's a big Seahawks fan. I don't know. Sports. Oh, Casey. In, he's instigating. Oh, friendly. sorry, Joel. You showed up late. I I was gonna trash talk the shit out of your Chiefs, but oh, which which I'll, I'll uh, which hat should I? Oh, it's a Warriors one. But... I was gonna wear my Buccaneers hat. And be like, oh yeah, we beat you, motherfucker. Buccaneers have the coolest helmets, dude. What up? Uh, don't fuck around, dude. Pirates are the best. Dude. I think no, dude. Fucking the Raiders have the coolest helmet. Let's be real, and I hate the Raiders. It's my number one hated team. That's a pirate have, flag, so all back. The biggest looking team, but like, fuck that team. So Cowboys are the worst. Shout out to Renee and Conrad. Yo, I love you guys, but your team sucks. Shout I, out I, to I, DK. I, that's straight from Sasha. Yeah. Fuck the Dallas Cowboys. My favorite Dallas Cowboys comment was someone was like, "There's a reason why it's it's like a it's one star on their helmet. It's a fucking rating." <laughs> jo- Joseph that. shows up. He's like, "Oh, I was hoping the sports talk would have ended like five minutes ago." <laughs> Fuck, I'll see you guys. Kate, look at the professor showing up like a child drinking Mario milk Kart. right now. He's drinking a glass <laughs> of milk right now. I'm, and he's yes, I was like, drinking a Juicy Hayes IPA before this. And now I've moved on to milk. <laughs> he showed up with uh, a warm IPA glass milk, milk to get him. Yeah, he's he's milk, throwing dude. his. You're throwing your cerebral a few. Who else is having milk? I'm having a band bonding Mario Party decompression time and That's doing what's the up, podcast. Dude. How was the pasta? The po- pasta was dope. Shout out Gad for the pasta. Oh, Shout out Gad, dude. It looked good, brother. Yeah. And now we're playing Leaf Leap. Oh, what is that? I don't know. I, you uh, know Mario Party, dude. I'm 38, dude. Oh, oh shit. my god! I mean, it's, it's... yeah, I got you on Mario Kart, but I'm I'm lost it's after party, that. Mario Party. <laughs> no, dude, Odyssey is the shit. Why aren't you guys fucking, fucking moving dude, around in Odyssey, catching catching moons and shit, bro? Literally, I don't know. I skipped over what I'm supposed to do. I should uh, unmute or mute myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe she should get back to your game, bro. We keep, gotta... I, keep, I keep muting and he keeps unmuting. <laughs> I, I did what right, I right, back. All right, All right, so uh, back to uh, the conversation that isn't Mario related. Sports. But uh, dude, let's get back on the Sasha's timeline, dude. Sports. We've been in the weeds for so long. Everybody, it's probably a record. And he's probably like, I'm okay, so I'm nine. And, yeah, right. uh, yeah, so you like <laughs> your first guitar. And, uh, yeah. No, on that all right, guitar when, when, okay, so when did you get your first guitar? We didn't actually <laughs> didn't talk about that. Yet. Who, me? Yeah. I got no, Joel. Joel when did you get your first guitar, dude? It was a Fender Squire Strat. All right. Next. Oh my god. When the uh, guest has to I go, who my... me? That's the first, dude. 
My uh, first guitar, I was uh, 11 or 12, and it was a Yamaha F-spaced uh, knockoff. And, um, yeah, it was pretty much like a Strat, cheap yeah. guitar. And uh, the neck was pretty fast for what it was, like a cheap guitar. And, uh, you know, that's that's pretty much what it was, man, just simple. What kind of, what, and, what, did you get like a little practice amp or something to play out of? Or? Yeah, like a shitty Marshall. And, you know, even a lot of the early down picking days of Metallica, I was thinking a while ago, I don't even think I uh, palm muted much. Like, I don't even remember if I was putting the, the bottom of my hand to palm mute. I didn't even know if I knew that, but I was going for it. And, so um, me being a big down picker when I was younger, too, because I know that like I was when Damien was on stuff, I obviously had to pick his brain on this because I always knew the lore of you had a down of, pick uh, his brain. down picking and gorgasm and stuff and and obviously in like james hetfield and a lot um for me i just did it naturally just because i had like a twitch to my hand but it ended up fucking me later because <laughs> yeah ended up fucking me later though because then i was like oh shit i gotta like i have to alternate pick the super fast part and like it wouldn't be the cleanest and i'm like god <clears> damn it i've been relying on this goddamn down picking the whole time when i wanted to like get my like economy of motion down and actually be like not expend all my energy on certain riffs and, and stuff like and that to add add to what you're saying even now like the toll on down picking and all that i take breaks from guitar like i know people are like <laughs> oh i gotta keep my chops up and practice and whatever it's like i'll take sometimes weeks off yeah no totally no, and then when you come injuries. you come back, you're like, oh my god, I gotta climb this mountain again. You know, you gotta like start playing and oh it's the worst. Like, like if I'll, I don't start... play if I don't play if I don't play Gorgasm for a while and I have to like play a show, I have to play 10, 10 to 14 days of yeah. you know, like the first two days I can play like a minute of a song <laughs> or whatever, and then like third <laughs> third day i can like get through a song but it's not like perfect yeah. it's, the space between isn't there and then you very very slowly build it up to those killer songs like disembodied and seminal mm -hmm. where it's like to play through that like i i can't sit down playing sometimes because i get so fucking cramped up yeah that's i mean fuck man i was gonna just in my head i was thinking to like <laughs> is, there is there a time where like you're playing and you're like, dude, I'm getting cramped up, dude. I gotta start doing alternate picking. And just Damien looks over you like, what the fuck, dude? You fucking, no, I, <laughs> I'm not I, doing all alternate. <laughs> I, by by the time I'm in the room and playing, you know, I have my my stamina and chops up. You yeah, know? yeah. But even then, we're like, and Damien's got the, the perfectionist ear. Like he can hear so well. It's like Lilla, like the perfectionist in the band, and. Mm -hmm. And like, even when we're on, we're just constantly listening. And um, there's a cool dynamic within the band where you know how you have a bar and a lot of great drummers can do this where when they're recording, they can drag. Like if you're doing a shuffle on drums, you're in the pocket and then every second bar at the very end, you drag that little bit more to make that first on the third bar to just pop and, and have that where um, it's like a feel thing. And um, with what I'm explaining is that Damien's always like on the back end of the bar and I'm at the front of the bar. So when, if, if Matt's in the middle, I'm always like ahead of Matt, a hair, Damien's always like a hair behind. And we're always like listening to each other, trying to be together. But because you're playing mm -hmm. so fast, 
within the confines of the rifts and whatever it, it's like there that's what gives it like that energy like when we play live people are just like holy fuck like the intensity that's because we're we're so it's so hard for all of us to be on uh and we are don't get me wrong but it's like that tension um within that simple meter um it's interesting because mm -hmm, cool. i didn't realize that until we we're really trying to get on the same page and and be sharp so yeah definitely yeah. That's fucking cool, man. I love that. That's hard. Can I jump in? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah, we definitely can. There was like a someone, I don't know where I heard this, but they were talking about Guns N' Roses, how Axel, no, not Axel, fuck Axel, uh, Slash, and was it Izzy? Is he the second guitarist? How Izzy would like slide into riffs different from Slash. And that like changed the whole way I listened to like two guitar bands, is like listening to the difference in. And then mm. you can't get that anymore in music, but mm -hmm. I don't know. Just, uh, no. And then I, I felt the same way about um, that deprecated re-release with uh, Matt, and then you got Terrence to do the second guitar. You can hear... I love how you go clear. from Guns N' Roses to deprecated. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, I went yeah. from shitty to good. Guns N' Roses <laughs> shitty to, like, really good. <laughs> well, the good part of Guns N' Roses is the, the double guitar I, stuff. I wonder it's if Suffo... Uh, I wonder if Cerrito and Hobbs had that thing where maybe they're playing a little different on on the beat. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. If Cerrito wore a top hat, kind of, I don't know. Think about the guys that are down with Cali Death and don't know about Deprecated yet. How exciting is that for them to finally figure that one out? That one little EP, so influential. I I believe for sure. Like, that was a stepping stone from like deeds to current Dude, Cali. Death. I love, I love any live clips where that guitar player, I forget, I don't know his name, but he has like the longest hair ever. And he's just upside down with his hair hanging. And it's just so fucking weird. I don't know. Well, yeah, he has like a stance. Like, yeah. The way so the guitar player, was, he has like um, baggy, baggy jeans or whatever. His, his, just the way I forget his playing. name is his name. What is his name? Johnny? Like <laughs> no, Johnny. Well, Derek, yeah, he would do that too, oh, but is it Johnny? I've, I'm fucking up if I'm Who are wrong, but he was in Vehemence after Deprecated. Yeah. Really? I didn't but, know that. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Vehemence, that, it, that was that. Yeah. the same guitar player as Deprecated from that EP. You got AJ on vocals who ended up doing Discourge, Defeated Sanity, tons of other shit. And then uh, John, Remen, and Greg. Loud. John. Yeah. So Johnny. John was, was the one in. Yeah. Yeah. Tori's on drums, right? And AJ. And AJ the, on vocals. And then Derek on bass. And John ended up moving on to Vehemence. And Vehemence the you could you if you listen to the very first vehemence record not the one that metal blade put out, put out but um there's one before that you'll hear a lot of stuff that you could even maybe say was discarded deprecated riffs there's tons of 
riffs on that first vehemence where you're like, oh shit, this this was some deprecated stuff for sure. John had deprecated at least that style going in his mind while he was writing these riffs for vehemence. I've never heard that band, so I gotta check that out because that deprecated shit rules and yeah dude well god was created god was created is the album that metal blade put out and there are it's a great album because i came across them at the pound and um but there's an album previous to that i forget what it's called but if you listen to it joseph i know for a fact you'll you'll dig it hell yeah i'm gonna dig it i'm gonna check it out Yes. <laughs> I can't take Where's it Paul? anymore. I don't know. You, I, just I love your music, it. dude. It's too much, too much. You can, you can hear the music over the. Uh, oh, oh yeah, dude, it's dude. super loud. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. boss. It's all good. <laughs> I think it's in like a like an old arcade pinball like place. But so, is... Sash, when did you first uh, start playing Sash. with other people? Um, so I had a few high school bands and, uh, it was just rock shit. I had my own, uh, band called Thoughts Diminished. And the only time I played in front of my high school, I played Them Bones, Alice in Chains. We played Dream Theater, Erotomania, the first like three minutes of the song, um, bunch of like other weird shit. But then when I graduated high school i moved to vancouver and i joined a band called grotesquerie and what became grotescatory and that was my first metal band and it was way crazier than anything i was playing so i went from like me playing death like uh, rhythms to growing uh joining this band having to play like cannibal corpse um kind of origin dying fetus styled uh, music and the first um rendition of this band we were tuned down to like g and it was like super low and this guy ryan Baden um just made me twice the guitar player then and i'm a firm believer that you know you are the musician you are based on playing with some great musicians so he was the first great musician that made me like transform into something i never thought i would be but he had the crazy, um, I've never seen anyone since where he had this crazy Pat O'Brien cannibal corpse left hand, like dig, 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 like the, the minor third shifty left hand crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much like cannibal corpse, deicide worship. Our drummer, we were a trio and our drummer played uh, with his drumsticks upside down. So he was hitting like so fucking hard all the time. He like worshiped sandoval and steve ashheim and and that was my first death metal band and we were kind of trying to be super technical uh over the top and that was the band where we're like no scissor beats everything's brutal and we started going for you know the super extreme technical stuff and um after that uh you know we, we fell out um but I ended up years later joining a band for a short minute called Abuse. And Anthony, I don't know if you recognize that name, but we played Las Vegas Death Fest, the set before is this, is this you guys where we have our, Is this where Yeah, we, man, uh, this is where yeah. this is where we uh, we meet. I've mentioned so. to you guys. I've mentioned that very show with you guys. Dude, and, I've never had 
Go ahead. Go for it. I want to hear what you say first. I was just going to say, um, you know, I recruited Lord Marco because we had the shows, but we didn't have a drummer. Lord Marco's like, oh, I have an abuse sticker on my fucking um, bumper of my car. And we literally drove down to Seattle, never met him before. He was in the middle of moving. So we met him. And within five minutes, we're like helping him move like his personal shit. We get into his new house. The first thing he sets up in his new house is his electronic kit. Mm. And then we started playing, learning abuse stuff. But um, to me, one of the biggest highlights was to play my set. And then I get off stage and moments later, uh, Mike Gilbert steps on stage right where i just finished my set and to me you I was are like, just like me <laughs> like, I was, and i was i was so mike my favorite guitar player dude <laughs> like, dude dude i i literally was like i could retire from death metal and be content i'm like i just played just before severed save your set was one of the best sets i've ever seen till this day um sick, so that dude. was a big deal for me and uh even to this day i've a lot of um what i consider family through the underground through vegas and going year after year but um uh, people to this day randomly tell me they're like that was one of the best sets i've ever seen was you guys playing and uh you know we shout out to shout out to randall of guttural secrete he never met us and he brought us into his house and we jammed at his house and seeing Guttural Secrete jam after us was like life changing. Uh, shout out to all those guys: Blue, Randall, Fitz, um, Bruno. I met all those guys, and Fitz to me is one of the best drummers still to this day. The most humble dude, but yeah, they. I mean, that community of of musicians were we're all from different parts of the world, but we are all aspiring for the same goal. We want to just play the best we can and meet like-minded people and and vegas four you know welcomed me into the scene and uh seeing discord live um was one of the craziest things i've ever seen i mean fucking ricky on drums i mean as much as i wanted to watch diego i was just watching ricky the whole time and my buddy that was down there, not in the band, but he was watching it. They go the, was that the first day? They were the headliner the first day, right? Yeah. And my yeah. buddies describes it perfectly. He's like, dude, when Ricky was playing, I thought he was going to start levitating in the air. <laughs> like, just, and you watch clips from that exact show and playing some of the fucking parallel songs. It's like, it looks like it's sped up. It's so fucking crazy, but it's not. I got a question for you because I feel like I feel like you've brought it up like a, a few times. You've brought it up um, about the drums. The you know, the drums are what will drive you and stuff in a lot of this music. Um, why didn't you play drums? I might have missed uh, it I, earlier. No, no, you're you're nailing something important. I wanted to play drums, but my dad's like, I can't turn the Same volume thing. down on a drum set. Yeah, yeah. On a on a guitar, I can. Um, deep down, I want to play drums, so that's probably why. Uh, you know, it's on a subconscious level, I probably got into brutal death because of that sophistication. Like I never knew what I was going for, but I knew that there was something so far advanced in the underneath the, the shitty production or whatever. I knew there was classical music and, yeah. you know, being Polish, like, uh, from my father's side, my grandfather only listened to classical music. 
Yeah. So I think whether it's genetics or whatever, I was drawn to um, articulated, um, sophisticated, advanced um, types of, of orchestration. Oh, look at you, dude. You're not drinking out of a gla- a can. You're drinking. So my new favorite thing, by the way. And this is <laughs> Wait, for... is that a Mike Lawn? No, no, this is not just one flavor. Uh, you you oh put like three God. flavors in and uh-huh. it tastes God. fucking amazing. It actually tastes good. If, oh, if you drink one flavor side. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a white claw suicide. If you have like a white claw, but like one of those eight percenters, they, they taste like shit, like by themselves. But then you mix uh, it, it tastes like a fucking slushy. You mix it with regular white claw. You yeah. mix one of those with eight percenters, like a couple of the regular. It's a surge suicide. Wait, hold on a second. It, are, are they all eight percent? Yeah, yeah, mixed together. Okay, oh, okay. But the flavors hey, suck by themselves. Is what I'm saying. Hey, the flavors bro, are terrible by themselves. You. If you want to get white girl wasted, man, you're like whatever, whatever you got to do. I will. What I will drink. Eight percent. Shout, shout out to Randall. He said that in Vegas when I met him. He's like white girl wasted. I'm like everyone, everyone like wasted. everyone goes like f- like they make fun of white claws and then they drink their four percent beers and I'm drinking eight percent white claws. I'm like, oh, why don't you oh, come yeah. hang with me? And they have two of them. They're like, dude. And I'm like, dude, I've had fourteen of these. You guys are bitches. I'm all about the four points. <laughs> I actually started tonight with two 10% beers. Yeah, yeah. Lagunitas has this yeah, new thing. Yeah, bro. A tiki, a tiki, the, Jesus oh, Christ. Christ. Dude, dude, he's blacked dude, out, dude. We got to end this dude, podcast. Coca-Cola <laughs> zero, yeah. motherfuckers. Hardcore over here. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're okay. So I, actually, I do want to get into the... Because, I mean, one of the reasons why... Like tonight was a little bit in jeopardy. Is I mean I love hockey. I'm wearing this on purpose. Um, I know that you're a hockey player, and I watch a lot of your your like your you you're playing fucking hockey, which is like I went to a I got to see Ovechkin two weeks ago like play and score yeah. like three goals on us. Like I don't know two yeah. goals. He didn't have a hat trick. And like uh, seeing him up close was like seeing like Michael Jordan when I was a kid too. It was like really cool to see like him just like murder us. But um, yeah. so how did you get into hockey and stuff? Because that's like to me. That's like one of the hardest fucking sports. Me, to play. it was Mighty Ducks. All right. You so go. I started playing hockey <laughs> when I was four years old. I started playing Jesus. ice hockey. See, that's when how I was they do it old. there. They, when they're like on these other Canadian like countries and stuff, like Russia, they play like they start young, dude. <laughs> dude, I'm I'm uh, I'm from the '90s, so Red Wings were my team, and I was I play like a mix between. I Brandon have my Red Wings. I'm like. Brandon Shanahan and Fedorov. I'm like a power forward. You okay. hate playing against me. I'm going to piss you off and then I'm going to score and just stare at you. That's how I play hockey. But also, too, uh, like the amount of cardio that goes into hockey, a lot of people don't understand why there's so many line changes and stuff. Cause it really like about like three or four minutes of playing it, you're completely gassed, right? No, dude, for me, like I'm, I'm missing a game tonight and no, I, I'm glad to miss it because this is an honor to do this, but I've been trying to get on this high div team for a few years now, and I'm now on the team mm-hmm. and we have a playoff game tonight, so I'm missing the game, but uh, I'm playing with all these ex junior players. I'm playing. I played against a guy that was drafted and there's yeah. all these young guys. They're really fast and I can keep up because I've just played my whole life. And, um, yeah, I'm not going to say I could have been in the NHL, but, you know, in a, you know, life happens, you know, my parents got divorced. Mm-hmm. We couldn't afford hockey anymore, but, um, you know, I grew up playing hockey five hours a day and, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, my average shift playing hockey is about 30 seconds because the amount of energy to crazy? fly down that ice. Yeah. And like there's there's this there's a couple teams we play against where you're like, oh, you see their best player and you just try to keep up. They're so fast and I can, mm. but it's like going into a game, I foam roll, I eat a certain um, a time before I play, I warm up a certain way. When you get the puck, like the guys all over you, you got to shoot it. You got to, it's, it's pretty fun for me, but, um, yeah, I, I played up slashing people. Like I played in a in a time when you would hurt people and it was fun. And, um, that's what the game is. But wait, this is super random, but my legs, dude, my legs are huge. I got these fucking. <laughs> my legs are fucking. Oh damn! Look at that. Look at no, I, I, I have on, tree, I have like tree trunks for legs, and like I'm at the gym. You have to, and, dude. I I I don't work out my legs because they have to be fresh for hockey. And I'll go to the gym, and there's all these people squatting, and I'll walk around, and my legs are like bigger than everyone. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like hockey is every, like every. Un- it's underrated the most like cardio sport you could play. Like no, I didn't know that. I don't know about like, any any I mean, sport. Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. But thirty seconds and you're done. No, I like, think dude. I think for me, NFL football for guys to push weights and be that strong, but then sprint. See, like yeah. me, all my all my muscle fibers are explosive. NFL, there's strength and speed together. Most athletes yeah, yeah. train either speed or strength. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't yeah. do both unless you do a lot of steroids like most of the NFL <laughs> players do. It's true. <laughs> they all do steroids. They just don't do too much to get. Yeah, they stopped over. Starts. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. It's, I mean, I don't know. I just think hockey is like one of those underrated sports. Everyone's like, oh, it's soccer, which is like needs the most cardio, which maybe is true. Because they were running back and forth constantly on that huge field. Dude, but the, like, a- the average saying, soccer like, game, the average yeah, soccer game is like running a marathon. So when when some guys dive and you're Jesus. like, oh, he's faking it. If you're running that much, you could have the smallest little hit and your your ankles fucked. Like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but a lot of them they are. Do I just, I saw, they do die. But I saw an earthquakes game last week. I went to a my first MLS game. And there was so much faking, like, and they, they, they would like laugh about it <laughs> and like get up and like, oh, I didn't get called. All right. And they'd like high five each other. And like, oh, we tried. It's like, isn't that funny? Like I faked, <laughs> I faked in soccer when I was in kindergarten. Like, I think that everybody's been faking their whole time playing they soccer. They want that card. Yeah, they want move that. into professional soccer. Yeah. Yeah. Too much running in soccer. No, but yeah. I, no, I was going to say, running. I, yeah. when I say there's faking, yeah. no, the athletes that play in soccer they're constantly running dude and that's what i was gonna say like soccer and hockey it's kind of stand up a little bit higher for me when i watch it because i'm like this is the most exciting like non-stop energy sports i mean i always used to joke around about like how soccer or hockey is like um, i think of dog the bounty hunter um soccer is like <laughs> fucking is like it's, uh, it's like soccer like hockey is like soccer on fucking ice bruh 
Like it's on fucking yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But um, like Joel, I kind of can look at them the same. Meth. It's Joel, like ice. Joel, it's like yeah. A, a big thing is when you have a blade, you take two strides and you can just hang on that blade and you're still flying. Where hockey, or sorry, not hockey, soccer, basketball, yeah. football. Every why is 30 step, seconds then? Why is 30 seconds? Uh, why is that a, a shift for you then? You're done in 30 it's seconds. So it's so explosive, you and to change out. to change directions takes a lot mm. of energy. That's why guys yeah, yeah. do big circles. If if you're to play like super high level hockey, you don't do circles because then the puck goes past you. You stop and, and shift. You, 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 oh, yeah. okay, okay. you you cross over. You you stop and go the other way. All that where. It's it's an advantage to have a blade, whereas a lot of sports with running, you have to work every step, if that makes sense. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I could just tell it getting going in hockey, like if you're from stop to go, expends way more energy than starting a run, right? But Especially I, just not just do a 180, but like to stop and go off in all directions because that's where you got to go, you know? You stop, you go down, will, and then you... Yeah. I was going to say the scary thing about hockey is you can just hit an edge. You just hit the ice and your feet just go out. So like I've gone, I've crashed into the boards, like top speed, been knocked out, taken off on a stretcher. I've, I've had those injuries. Um, I've separated both. Um, my teeth, my teeth's fine. I wear a, a full mask, but um, Good. I've se I've separated both shoulders. <laughs> I separated both shoulders in the past two years from hockey, just hitting the ice a oh, certain I bet. way. I bet, dude. Damn, crazy. And, For me, that's and, what I love about hockey. It's like, I mean, it's such a, like, when you see these famous, like, uh, the sports stars are, like, getting the hundreds of million dollars in contract or, like, yeah. making fouls and stuff. And hockey's like, let's just fucking brawl, dude. And, and they're, like, like, and then right, after a the game, ball. they're smiling <laughs> with teeth missing, and they're like, what's up, guys? And let's go they don't, and they have don't a want, line. like, they don't want that they don't want that splash that like media splash that a lot of the other sports have where they're not like trying to talk shit. So there's like an underlying un handshake deal. Like this is a gentleman's thing. We're not trying to talk a bunch of shit. We're just trying to like, if we have a problem on the ice, we take care of it. We're not going to go in the media and be like on Twitter, be like, fuck this motherfucker. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, they just handle it on the ice. And, and that's what jo yeah. Joel, for you asking, how can you play hockey? That's like n guitar players going like, how can extreme drummers, do all the like Matt Kilner? I call him Marathon Man because he's literally just mm -hmm. like e. He's just like like he's <laughs> he's. I always I always joke about him like he should have like a fucking um headband on and like jogging shorts on because he like the cardio <laughs> for him to play Gorgasm or yeah. Patridity and all that 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 it's blows like, me away. Just like you or like how can hockey players? Be conditioned. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's adaptation. It's technique. You know. Or how can I uh, drink all the Canadians, dude? <laughs> With your white score, dude. That's eight percent. Gorgasms, gorgasms. The ice hockey of death metal, bro. <laughs> all that, all that, like when I'm going. 
when I'm going full out, like speed playing hockey, I'm like, okay, don't crash into the boards, let up, you know, like yeah, like the skating, it's shit. like the skating to running, like skating is down picking and running is like alternate picking. Dude, you totally make so much <laughs> sense right now because I've seen Gorgasm plenty of times, and a Gorgasm set literally is like watching a hockey game. Yeah, just the, well, the time cooler. between songs is the breaks, you know, and the breakdowns are where everybody kind of catches their breath, but there's nonstop action the whole motherfucking time, dude. Yeah, yeah exactly. I got su- something yeah, super and, embarrassing and... to bring up oh, yeah, real yeah, quick. Oh, what happened? Go ahead. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure it's embarrassing in, in Shasta's eyes. Sasha's eyes. I can talk. Shasha. But uh, Sasha. That's what Sasha, Asian Sasha, dude. That's what. That's how Asian chicks Sasha. call me. Shasha. Shasha. So, anyways, um, I used to play some savage roller hockey like for days. Hey man, I'm, it's okay. I'm I'm comfortable with. We don't have know, ice drinks in every fucking world. Like yeah, you guys do. Man, trying to be like Diego. Like wait, I wait, said, Mighty Ducks, K- dude. Wait, before Casey street, goes, dude. wait, you're a dude from Cali that rollerblades? No way. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Well, not. I mean, it's been a minute since I rollerbladed, but yeah. So we have you know, sunshine in uh, California. It's weird, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, but like roller <laughs> hockey in the, the mid-90s, early mid-90s was, uh, it, I mean, okay, it's roller hockey. It's Hard not real core, hockey, brother. right? But, no, I know, I know. It's savage. Catch a roller, brother. But even that, man, it was super fun. It was super fun. You, you really know, like, rollerblades are more dangerous. No rollerblades are more dangerous with ice than ice skates because when no. you're gonna when when yeah no listen when you're gonna fall with rollerblades you can't predict it. Your feet just go out because blade yeah. uh, rollerblades don't have the catch of a, a skate, and you can't stop rollerblading. Dude, yeah, on yeah. on ice, I can go full tilt and then stop at the boards where like rollerblades. You just can't go power slide. Board. You just do a power slide, dude. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Fucking no, I can do it. No breaks, you know. Broken leg. Nah, dude. No, I was I was like a super into it, dude. I was like I was like super. Hard. I wish hey, we hey. had footage. Of then I got like super hardcore time, like at a hey, skate Casey, park where you you, just yeah. you can pulls. still be. It's okay. You can tell us. You can still be hardcore into rollerblading. We won't make fun of you. I swear. Dude, no. I actually want to no, pair rollerblades right now. No, no, actually, no. now, I mean, Santa Cruz, rollerblades were like... Do they make roller sandals? No, rollerblades were in Santa Cruz. They, <laughs> like, we were super, like, they were super judgmental on people, like, because it was all skateboarding uh, here. Yeah. Like, it's like the sk- skateboarding and surfing capital of the world or whatever, or wanting to want to be. Uh, serving capital but like anyone that would have rollerblades around here like like skaters would find them and just beat them up for rollerblading <laughs> like yeah it was like yeah. was it was like hectic the... here it was like so it was, dumb there's like I mean, documentaries about it dude it was that's like, oh, so sure. oh, but that nothing dude, to do with that's hockey, so intense. hockey got pulled under like roller hockey got pulled into that whole thing it wasn't oh, even about that into... in oh. fact the first rollerblade was for hockey the first hey joel oh, okay. so very so exciting. in in yeah, Cali, yeah. you're you're beating up all the rollerblade dudes. Joel no, did, just, yeah. Just beating your uh, your Dude, football team. That's year. so that's so insensitive to gay people. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hockey player we have right now, so we got to be got to be careful. He's got well, the, you know. I, he didn't think, say a at the I end, think which we is, should, I guess, a good thing. 
I said get... sorry though. I'll say sorry a bunch of times. Sorry. He oh, he said word. sorry because he's a Canadian. He's a sorry. Man. sorry. No, no, it's all good. It's I, just uh, I don't know, I don't want to hockey stop. I don't want to stop talking it's about fun. this, but we should probably get to four <laughs> guys yeah. pretty soon here. We yeah, two hours talking about rollerblades. No, but uh, yeah, that's... we did it. No, no this is how it ended. Yeah, let's talk about it. That's how the episodes yeah. go now, dude. And that's what I love. <laughs> no. Like we're gonna if we're gonna hang out, of course I'm not gonna like just make you sit here and tell us about yourself the whole time if the conversation goes. Okay. You ever tried to play legs and all the things we're tired You ever tried to play it. hockey with, with on your feet? <laughs> it's like the most exercise you'll ever get in your whole life. I'll play, I'll, I'll play, play street, street, or, street hockey. Yeah, no, dude, but I'll, like, I'll play on the shoes. Like, dude. Dude, no, by I'll, the way, I'll one thing, one thing real, real, real quick, Sasha. One thing that me and Sasha have a, a relationship with, me and him talk shit about sports in the background through DMs for like, what, a year and a half now? Like, he'll just be like, I'll post a Chiefs thing. He'll just be like, fuck that. And we go back and forth constantly. So I'm not just like <laughs> trying to razz him at random. Like, me and him have had this relationship <laughs> for like a year where I'm just like, fuck you, dude. Tom Brady's an idiot. Fuck you. You know what I mean? And so, like anything, I'm trying. I'm trying to poke at anything I can. I miss that. I kind of do miss that camaraderie. <laughs> yeah, I don't have right. no, to have that camaraderie. One of the only people that will respond to the stupid sports things I post, and then I'll be like, <laughs> "Fuck yeah, someone sports. wants to talk about it. Let's talk about it." Sports. So, yeah. like, anyways, I'm not just like sports, randomly dude, man, trying man, to man, talk man, shit. Man, like me and Sasha have a a long history in the background of of being like of me like making fun of his teams and him making fun of mine. Yeah, I love that. I really do. I wish I had that right now, but I just don't have anything that's competitive <laughs> that I'm down not. with right now. I'm gonna do. Oh, go ahead. Go for it. No, I, I don't really gonna, have anything. I was gonna say to go I'm gonna do. I'll do a really quick vacuous thing and show how abuse went to vacuous and then gorgasm because there's yeah, there's that. a right. trail there. Yeah. So, so with abuse, I was starting to finance their new album because I wanted to help. And mm -hmm. that was going well, but then I realized that the other guys weren't really financing. So I already had paid Marco for the abuse stuff, but I was like kind of pulling out of abuse. So I said to Marco, I'll write some other songs because he didn't have cash. He's paying for a family. So I was like, let me just do a couple songs and you can just use that money and, and record drums. So that's when I started Vacuous was... I had these riffs and ideas for Marco and then Marco flaked out. And then I was like, Oh shit, I have all this music. And then I started mm -hmm. finding session guys and I started writing songs for some of my favorite drummers. Like I wrote a song for Fitz for guttural secrete, but he didn't want to do it. And then I was talking to Lilla. Um, so I met Lilla I met Defeat Sandy and Gorgasm. Or, okay, Abuse was supposed to play NRW in like 2011, but we didn't have a drummer. But we we just went to the show just because. We were diehard fans. And they're like, holy fuck, you flew from Canada to see us. So that's when I met Gorgasm and Defeat Sandy. And the first night I met Lilla, it was like 2 a.m. And we were arguing about um, Metallica. And this is an interesting thing because I thought, um, Cliff Burden's influence with classical, I thought he was the one that wrote a lot of the classical stuff to Metallica. And Lilla's like, no, man, that was all James. So Lilla didn't know me, but we had like an intense debate. I'm drunk and just saying all this shit. Mm -hmm. And Lilla's mm -hmm. sober. And 
I was like, no, like the intro to fight fire with the fire. I'm like, Cliff must have written that like the classical shit. He's like, no, man, that's all James. And we're like going back and forth. So we started our friendship with that. So when I was um, looking for drummers, I didn't I didn't reach out to Lilla to be like, hey, you want to do this? I was just talking about what I was doing with Vacuous. And I couldn't find a drummer and he listened to it. And he's like, he's like, I like this material i i'd love to do it and i'm like no shit so that's how mm. i got lilla to do three songs for vacuous i got kevin tally to do three songs and then i got sam santiago former gorod to do one song and i didn't want to have three drummers on the album but you know when you do your early material you you make mistakes or you try shit out and you know the mm. album's a bit all over the place but you know that allowed me to you know at least achieve something or get my first material out yeah. and um through i i did a tour with vacuous on my own and then a year went by and i disbanded my members but i was like i didn't want another tour season to go by without networking and i knew matt kilner we met through vegas and he liked vacuous so i'm like cool and I'm all about just trying to play with the best musicians you can find. So Matt joined Incinerate and I knew Jesse Watson and he approached me and I was like, yeah, I'd love to play live. And, and they wanted me to become part of the band. And, you know, I feel bad that it didn't work out, but you know, um, deep down I wanted to do something with vacuous or I wanted to do my own thing, but I didn't want to not play live shows cause I want to keep networking. So, through playing with Incinerate, I played Chicago Domination Fest and Anthony of Gorgasm was right in front of me, all messed up high and drunk. And he was like into it. And he that him seeing me play Incinerate helped him vouch for me. So um, this is the Gorgasm thing. So when they lost Ryan... And they were looking for a guitar player and they just presented uh, or they put an ad like we're looking for a guitar player. A bunch of people in the scene just posted my name because they knew how much of a diehard Gasm fan I, I was. They knew the down picking. And within a year, I did a cover of Bleeding Profusely. And when I put it out at the time, I think Lesky shared it. He's like, fuck, yeah. And, you know, it wasn't exactly what the song was, but they saw that I could riff it pretty close. And, uh, yeah, so when they did the ad of looking for a guitar player, I have to give a thanks to, like, Joe Gordon of Moral Decay. I'm missing a whole lot of other people, but all these people liked my name. So out of their post, my name had, like, 12 likes of people endorsing me, which means the world. So, you know, I'm forever um, humbled, and I, I owe it all to the people that you know vouch for me so um damien reached out to me i remember remember this like yesterday i was in my apartment here that you see and i was and he called me and i picked it up and i was like hey how's it going and i could see i knew the direction it was going and within a few seconds he's like yeah we talked amongst the band and we'd like to consider you um uh yeah consider you for the part and like within a few seconds, I just started pacing back and forth because I'm like, no way. I just couldn't believe it. 
and they factored in the fact that I'm in Canada and, you know, Gorgasms as organic as it gets. They have written everything old school in a room across from the band members hashing it out. But in spite of me being spread out, they're willing to give me a chance because they believed that I could be a good fit. And Damien's like, uh, he knew me. We had a rapport. We we met in Germany. We stayed in touch since. Um, and he's like, you get the first crack. And I was like, okay. So they sent tabs. And I think, I don't know, within like, I want to say two months. It might have been a bit longer, though. I learned 17 songs. And then I flew out um, to Chicago. And Damien picked me up. And we went to Kyle's house. And um, I remember being in that in Kyle's uh, jam space. And I know everybody, you know, th through the scene. And I, I traveled to other gorgasm shows because i was a diehard fan so i'd hung out with the guys a bunch and they knew kind of a sensibility of who i was as a person so it wasn't anything like uh uncomfortable we we're just hanging out and i remember dialing in the amps and i looked across and i'm like that's fucking damien right there man and he's fucking and i'm like starting to realize like dude i'm across from like my favorite guitar player and um we went through 17 songs we didn't stop once obviously a lot of the nuances and stuff i didn't have at the time but we went through every song and then we just kind of stopped and tony just kind of looked at everyone he's like i don't know man i think he's got it and, you know what do you guys think and they just kind of nodded and they're like you got the job and i was like fucking couldn't believe it so um i owe a, a lot of gratitude to jesse watson um, for me playing in Incinerate, um, all the people in the underground that vouched for me and um, gave me, you know, the confidence to believe that I could make it happen. And uh, I guess the rest oh, is all yeah, history. So that's no doubt, dude. And quick, quick segue from abuse to vacuous to Incinerate and then Gorgasm. And, you know, if anything for this podcast, the one thing I wanted to do was simply uh, show people that, you know, if it happened to me, it can happen to anyone. You never know. And, and just make the most of any opportunity you can get. And it's like Anthony uh, joining uh, Severed Savior, you know. Exactly. I'm sure it felt very similar. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I owe a lot to Kyle, uh, Anthony, um, everybody along the way. And, you know, I still feel bad. I never played a show with Kyle. And, uh, you know, things happen for a reason i guess but um yeah I'll, I'll forever be humbled to to all the people along the way that uh you know gave me little hints along the way so yeah what year did you join gorgasm that was about five years ago so whatever that was i think 2018 it was Sick, february dude. february 12th i flew out to chicago and uh mm -hmm. got the gig so and then yeah. side out outside of everything, how'd you get that Pyemia poster right above your head, dude? I think that's brutal mind. Yeah. Yeah, I think I got you want it, I'll just send it to you. You can have it. Dude, that, I I've been rocking that album recently because uh I love that album one. Arsbreed. People don't ever talk about Arsbreed anymore. Dude, right? Isn't that dude, I got Arsbreed right over there, man. Munching on the rod. Oh, uh, that's damn. one of my favorite albums. Yeah, I that was like love that album. You always talk about like the underdogs. Or, 
yeah people that like bring up like certain drummers and stuff like that that was one album where i was like this is like a tech technical death masterpiece at the time when it came Dude, out i was like what the fuck and it just joel, went away joel like... vac vacuous played vegas and we covered um the 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 first song of um cerebral serial we covered it and I messaged yeah. Robbie. Gorging on Disavow mucus and bile. Oh, yeah, dude, yeah I love um, that song. Dude, Robbie of Disavowed was on a plane because yeah. Disavowed played that year. And I messaged him. He didn't know me, but I'm like, hey, bro, I'm playing this song. You do backups on that song. If you get here in time, do you want to jump on stage? He's like, oh, man, yeah, for sure. And he's like, I don't think I'll get here in time. And I'm like, oh, man, like, I would have been so sick. Yeah. Good. Like that, that's like there's like those like gems out there for me, and and Arsbreed's one that no one ever talks about. I mean, that, I mean, Kafranom is definitely one, but people, you know, it's got Matt from uh, Trivium, so it's gotten a little bit more, um, you know, and it's got uh, what's his name, Dan Mongrain on it, and dude, and then dude that album's crazy, and Crossjester, so and Crossjester. That was our hilarious. own little secret at the time. Yeah, yeah, at the time out, back yeah. in like like 2007, eight or, or something like that, that we were just like obsessed with these like random little tip side like side projects we'd see you know yeah go ahead i was go gonna ahead. say about paimia real quick and and this isn't a dig but i'm just saying when you listen to those bands from that early unique leader era no matter what um originality all those bands were trying to contribute to this to the scene at the time there's always a little bit of deeds of flesh. Yeah, yeah. You know, like no, there totally. really is like the deeds of flesh. Like it wasn't all spice. Unique. It's like a deeds of flesh all spice that you add to your your dinner. You know, that's what it's I love like, about unique leaders. Like there was like the bands. There was there was deeds of flesh. There was bands that kind of like had the deed style, and then there was like fucking spawn severed. Fucking, I mean, decrepit at the time. You know, but like, even you know, in those bands, you'll find like, deeds. You'll find you, it, you but like the, a, not as prevalent. It's not like the whole mainstay of their sound. It's kind of like yeah, they're, they're, they have just sprinkled in there sure. that spice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the the elements of the old school tech death that's completely missing nowadays is to me when those bands were being technical, it was a vocabulary for being brutal. The bottom line was being brutal. Yeah, so yeah. when brutality is law and um first spawn of possession they weren't being technical to be technical they were being technical to being brutal and i it think wasn't modern a genre it wasn't a genre exactly but but it was uh yeah. it was um extension of the brutality through yeah. technical passages yep. and i think modern tech death bands are doing it backwards they're trying to be technical and they're missing the brutal aspect oh shit. does that make sense that's fine no but i think i think that comes down i think that comes down to a lot of the drumming is a lot of modern tech death bands they don't have the the brutal intents of the percussion does that make sense mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i know For she said that uh, right in the middle of your statement, I saw Sever uh, Troy was in here, so I was all psyched. And then you guys were like, "Whoa, shit!" So, what was the splash you said? <laughs> you made a splash. Oh, Troy made a splash with just saying like mentioning crotch duster because okay. you mentioned Catherine. Oh, crotch duster is great. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that was huge. Oh, but, like, what? You, what did you? What was your sorry. main point of the like? So you wasn't. So you're saying it's getting brutaler to like to be brutaler, but it wasn't. 
like the technical part wasn't really like a it wasn't an, an intention with a lot of these bands but it was through the eyes of brutality right it was te- they're being technical for the means of achieving brutality yeah, whether it's I through um mm-hmm. you know the notation but i think the drum aspect was able to hold it down in a percussive yeah. way does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely no 100 i think necrophages just came in confused everybody like yeah. it was like like within time begins for example like you know back then it was like when that came out it was just like all right you know, let's go around the horn again let's tell everybody when you got uh first heard nec- necrophagist onset for me obviously when did i yeah first you, hear go, it or you go you go sosh first but, because so, everybody so probably heard i it. heard i heard necrophagist right when i uh. heard death and the funny thing is when i heard necrophagist is it didn't sound like he played it it just to me it just sounded like it was made on a computer it did and as much as much as i, I love it that. As much as I loved it, I'm like, this isn't real, even though it was. <laughs> and it might be a production thing. Like when I heard it, I was like, oh, this is great. It was very but perfect. To me, yeah, it was too per- perfect. And I mean, that's like John Petrucci of Dream Theater. He's so perfect. So that it perfect. doesn't that's even sound why... like it, it, yeah. it's almost. Yeah, I don't feel the soul perfect, from it because it's you know not. I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's I don't feel yeah. the soul. And, and and to me, onset all day. I've listened to that probably five to ten times more than Epitaph. Really? I don't know why. I just well, I, I think just there's find more soul songs... on Epitaph. What do you guys? For me, think? Epitaph's what got me, like with the because the drums and the way it was produ- like sounded and everything. It was like, oh, it's mm-hmm. a real drummer and like the, the whole like yeah. mix of all that. Um, but like I, I feel like there's parts on. Uh, What's onset. the first one you get? Onset, onset. That, that, that like that like there's parts on onset or solos on onset that are like okay that's like the best yeah. or perfect or something but i feel like overall like epitaph was like what pulled me in like oh shit okay well, I, I mean for me it was uh the main thing is that it's kind of like an old man syndrome that i have with yeah i didn't with, like the, drum the band so. it's an old man syndrome where i'm like the first yeah. album's the best because i heard it first and it was I heard it in 2000 or 2001 yeah, I, or something and well, it's like one of those like came out yeah and i like have like like claws in the ground like no this was the sickest but at the same yeah. time like epitaph is is definitely it's the better album i think yeah. it's the better album but like yeah. uh, onset is like i like listening to it more like, yeah there's nostalgic aspects to on step but the anticipation waiting for oh when that yeah that album to come out and then it finally did and then everything it so, became and was yes so i had a blank cd that was burnt of uh homage of both albums and i think mm-hmm. i gravitated to onset more because i like the ideas more i think that's mm-hmm. simply yeah, yeah. what it is yeah i just lo- like the riffs more i think but it I think, yeah, go ahead. But I think the important point that he's talking about the, the 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 reason I brought up in time begins and stuff is you know and obviously talking to Matt after I because I heard it before I met him and then of course you know obviously we were jamming, but like it was like b- before Necrophages kind of like there was like these bands would do this like even Deeds of Flesh all these bands they never had solos or anything like all the Cali like you know like disgorge deeds the yeah. carpet birth like all yeah. that or whatever even i mean severed did always but severed was kind of like on its own shred level because of mike gilbert and of course later dudes and everyone but like but yeah like like the earliest shit like 
like within time begins it shredded in a, in a way that was like w- without the solos without the need for that or or the like the the thought mm-hmm. of that in a way um and i feel like when necrophages came in it was just like everyone was like oh shit now we have to do this now or like or we want to do this or it like changed everything you know mm-hmm. and, and it's like mm-hmm. it you know and I, I remember matt showing us like early onset stuff and he told us about necrophages when we recorded you know the first yeah. whatever 2004 and he was just like telling us about it and we heard it we were just like okay interesting well, i don't know what that is like it wasn't yeah like when you first heard it you're like what was that <laughs> I, it didn't didn't rock our socks off yet and, and, yeah. and like eventually it did but yeah i don't know it's like something about like as far as like you know to you know getting away from the brutality and then the shredding or, or whatever you were talking about before like the, the like the like the like the brutal heavy part of the music being like the focus yeah, like, like i think that's where the shift happened at least in, in like, my experience like for me like to breathe yeah. in a casket and also mm-hmm. fermented the riffs mm-hmm. just attack oh. differently than like yeah. epitaph is like dude advanced corpse tumor is like my advanced corpse tumor is my number one necrophage song like that song is like yeah, yeah, sorry, cut you off. No, no, no. You're making a good point too, but I'm just saying Sasha made a really good point there. Like it was still the brutal, like you know, with the. I know what you mean, dude. Yeah, it was more brutal. And focused. like ep- ep- epitaph is more sophisticated, yeah. you could say. Right. It's yeah. like they refined and presented yeah. things different than onset. Yeah, but this conversation has definitely made me realize that the solos on onset are more memorable. Yeah, they hit, they do yeah. connect with me more. But I don't know. I I, I have an so They're both so good. They're both so good. They're both like the same album band, once recorded better. Dude, I have an interesting <laughs> yeah. question for you: Is you had Moisner on, and I don't know if he touched on it because I um, unfortunately didn't get fully through that podcast, but. Did yeah. Moisner show Muhammad a lot of the tapping technique and then Muhammad ran with it? Because I Are was you trying to ask if... us to like reference one of these episodes that we've done. <laughs> no, I'm, no, that, that was no, that Joel was a, know the answer to that. That was a big podcast for me. Uh, yeah. no, he didn't that wasn't really no, he didn't touch on that much. He, we, I wanted to know what he did and like how the recording process went for Epitaph. The one thing I do remember is like because it's like an album that like sound like you said it's like sounds like robots mm-hmm. made it and like it's so fucking amazing and sounds like not human that um he was like oh we made it in the basement of a vault and like some kid cha- changed all of our settings and we had to find out how to change it back and it was like such like a sounds like such a disaster of a fucking recording like if you heard the story behind it but hearing the actual album he um he said that basically like you know um what's the last song in that album the I forget what it's called. Uh, on which one? On which one? Yeah, Symbiotic Theory. That was the one that he like uh, wrote half of it, and um, so that's the main one I got him to talk about. But he just didn't really go into technique as much as no worries. Um, but no, but he definitely talked about like his writing and how he threw solos in, and how Muhammad received them, and how he like would you know like switch off and stuff and sometimes muhammad would do something that christian wrote and sometimes christian would do something that muhammad would write and stuff and but yeah it's i have to piss i love i love how the professor can be playing video games and still correct us on uh information like or at least be there for us 
He's on like, autopilot. He's done this so many times. He just knows when he hears like your voice go a certain way. He's like, oh, he probably needs me. And he's just like, <laughs> I like mean, a, such a clutch time for him to come in. I feel like I've had this conversation so many times, like which Necrophagist album. So, yeah, yeah, it's a great one, though. Isn't it fun? I mean, obviously, it's just a fun thing for us to talk about. Ne Necrophagist created like 10,000 guitar players like Eddie Van Halen created 10,000 guitar players in the 80s. It is very true. It's exactly the same it, in, it, in it, that it, kind of men mentality. Yes, that that is why we we are. It ha even if even if people look at it as some kind of gimmick, because I know that there are certain people who look at Necrophagus as a gimmick or whatever. I don't look at it as that, but no. Regardless, oh, it, uh, it planted seeds for such a giant. The only lame thing they ever did was cover Crystal Mountain. That's just. And Eddie actually, I saw that live, and it was fucking rad. So I'm I even back Crystal Mountain, you know. I I saw just, it. MGF. No, I know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. That is a cheese <laughs> aspect I totally to a necrophagist set. You know what I'm saying? But you're still like, oh shit, dude, it's Muhammad dying fucking death. I don't want to interrupt, but I got a random detour for Casey because I'll forget um, the connection to uh, you yeah. before all this because I'll forget. My old band, Grotesquery or Grotescatory, does that name sound familiar to you? Yes. Sorry, you know I'm like doing quickly. My former guitar player has, was like a maniacal ego, like Ingve ego guy. And he used to go on MySpace and shit talk bands. And he shit talked you in, during MySpace days. Whether oh, you're wonderful. in decrepit birth or something, I don't know. I don't Up know if you remember style, bro. where he. No, no, like my buddy. I was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm just fucking telling him that this band sucks." And do you remember anything like that? I mean, which one, dude? <laughs> yeah. Back your so back before they were called trolls. Back back in the early internet days, everyone was just like that. Like everybody was wanted to pick a fight with you. I had so many people constantly. Trying wow. to start shit with me. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I just want know, to, so. I wanted to apologize to you because I had nothing to do with it, but my buddy was just going mad, and I'm just like, "What did oh, he do yeah, to you?" You know. So sorry that you had an oh, no, Canada story, but he was just fucking ragging on you, and I was like, "Man, what did he do to you?" Like fucking. Oh, there was up. so many back in the day. Yeah, I mean, dude, we we would go on tour like with you know it was like. I mean, basically, like back in the day when I was touring, like our phones wouldn't even like work. Like there was no smartphones. There was nothing, you know. So I'd be like, we couldn't like even figure out like, you know, there was it was just like the the shittiest stuff. And then people were like talking to like, all kinds of shit. And you're like, you, you, someone would come to the show and just show up, and you're like, like they would just to your face like talk shit about you know we don't like the wow. diminishing. A lot of people would talk when diminishing came out. We got tons of shit. And it was just like, yeah, I'm just, I, I don't know, man. I, I like have no money and I drove like 400 miles to come play <laughs> wow. the show. And all you're doing is just talking a bunch of shit to me. And like, there was, there was a, so much shit talking back through all the SMN forums. Hey, Everything was just super negative, you combative, know shitty, brutal shit. So that was a long time ago. And I just laugh at it now because that was like, you know, what's crazy is, is I, I work in the movie industry. I've done that for like 18 years. Yeah, yeah. 
And out of all the big shows and big egos I've seen, there's bigger egos in like underground death metal than like full fledged feature movies. No shit. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna say. Wow. I'm yeah. not gonna say names, but like I've seen people. Not a lot. Everyone's really, you know, doing it like us. We're trying to be humble and nice. But I've seen little snippets along the way of people in the underground and like modern tech death bands of like people just talking shit. And I'm just like, wow, you're so insecure. And it's like we're playing music for ourselves, aren't we? I thought we're supposed to be like music. You're supposed to enjoy music. That's if you're not enjoying. No, that's not that's not for the money, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I, same, same. I just want to make, make a point that like I don't know yeah. why there's some crazy I'm sure you get it in like pop music to you know the like all types of industry you get big egos but I've never understood why here's an interesting thought I think people have a that. misconception of of like they think like oh these metal bands are known so they're like like dude we eat shit like we have no money. Like no, 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 no. We, we, you know, we, we're like nothing. Like, and, you know, and, like if you might and, know my album, and but we live so, like on tour and we're doing, we make nothing like we, at least and, back in the day. Like, and the last we, thing I'll do, I'll say about was, this is like, I, I like ruined people, my career like many <laughs> times by trying to tour, like <laughs> fucked up my life. Like Derek Roddy, you can tell, tuck your ear like, off. I've seen it shit, in dude. the past. Like, past couple of years you'll see people are like their band will blow up and you'll see them change and like dude you're yeah, just selling stupid. 50 more shirts than the uh, next yeah. band like good for you you're succeeding at making yeah. a living playing death metal you pull, you but you're a piece of shit person like it doesn't yeah. matter it doesn't matter if you succeed or not how you treat people is everything and i've never well, i think understood. a lot of it gets a lot of it gets jaded though it gets jaded with like a band thinking that like in the beginning that's starting off more like pure and organic and they're excited and all these things and all of a sudden they have this like this like carrot in front of them to be like okay yeah. well if we keep doing this uh we got to make another album and the album's like the next one's like not as you don't you don't you feel like the like the honesty is kind of like losing like every per every album because they're just kind of trying to shit out album. i mean look not to shit on metallica it's super easy to do but like the new newer Metallica stuff, it's like it feels like they're just making albums just because they're like, you know, I want to like kind of put out an album. It's like, but they don't have that same drive as a as a as a person that was excited about it to like put out an amazing song or try to like one up another band. Now it's just like, what we want to do? I want to play like punk riffs and you know, like and do like a, a basic thrash thing. And it's like, dude, you guys wrote some of the most intricate songs, the first band to write like these like epic ballads, uh, not even ballads, but just like amazingly like written songs and now it's like after like album number like 11 you're just like all right well we gotta it's like album season we gotta like sit down and get together and put out an album it's not yeah, like yeah. uh it's not like we want to do it we really want it's like we gotta put out an album like it's like money now and then you see like you see the loss and that's why a lot of people like the early stuff of a lot of bands first because it's yeah. in the beginning they're like they have this fucking drive they're like we need to make it and then once they see what's going on and they're like I guess we got to make another album to like pay our rent or something. You know, it's like it kind of like slowly loses the the luster. The reason I brought up the ego th stuff is I'm I simply wanted to resolve the dialogue by saying the best things I've ever seen was when I met Lesky, and he was like 
he was more happy for me to fly to Germany than for me to see yeah. him play. He's like, He's the like the and, and yeah. then and then Diego, when I met him in Vegas, those two guys, they're like, hey man, and they they treat you like a friend that you've known, and you're a new person, and they're like, Hey, pleasure to meet you very sincerely. Then they go on stage and put on the best show you've ever seen. And then they walk off the stage like, oh, you know, like it was nothing. And that keeps me in check to being like, hey, I'm in gorgasm, but that doesn't change anything. I'm just you have to treat people well, I've always yeah. thought. And and through that, that those influences of people, you realize like, oh, that's how. You're supposed to do it. You're supposed to be a human being, have integrity. Totally. Be nice there's a to level. People, there's a know? level though, like when I I see like uh, celebrities or something, like people go like, I want to be like have a, a like they want to be famous. Like you can't even walk down the street with being like, you can't do anything without being like tackled or something. Like that. I could I could see being shitty or cocky and and like a, a realm where you don't you can't go outside without being like completely ravaged by 50 people you know like I, and, and all, like i don't know that to me like i think that's the, the fame part people go like whatever dude i want to i want to be famous i'm trying to be famous like dude you don't want to be famous you know i, don't I think, think it's worth the money but real quick i want to just say my thoughts on this where i'm at where okay i've done these things with this band and, and at this level of of notoriety blah 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 all i want to use that for is just to meet new people dude like literally this show i i've made so many new cool friends that i keep yeah. in touch with that oh, yeah. it, it, totally. and and i just want to keep making connections with people you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah. that's that's yeah that's literally think... looking looking back on everything that i've done i've all the connections that i've made all the ones that I cherish, I'm like, holy shit, these are the gems that I really ha sh and should cherish from everything think, that I've done. I think you guys are creating a culture, whether you realize it or not, where you're simply, you're giving back to the people, but you're trying to bring people together and try to be positive and realize like, hey, you can let your guard down. Yeah. You know, you don't have to listen to brutal yeah. death metal you know, no. to show that you're macho. It's like, let's all right. get along here and, and support each other. Totally. And I think totally. um, I commend you guys for putting in the work and and try to lead an example for younger musicians and like-minded people to realize, hey, I am insecure. And that's what made me really talented at this music. It's a crutch. It's mm -hmm. empowered mm -hmm. me, but... Um, the pseudo subset of the personality that makes people arrogant is seated in insecurities. So people need to take us, they need to detach and realize that it's there. You can be arrogant. Sure. But that is going to hurt you more than help you long-term. Totally dude. And it's yes. the, the environment of being like, at a live show and just realize that moment where you realize going to these shows and you're a misfit, but then you're in a crowd of misfits and you're on misfit Island, the famous fucking Christmas story thing or whatever. You're a misfit dude. And we're, we're all misfits. And, but 
we meet on this level and these little like these shows are little sanctuaries for us to realize like oh dude you're not alone even though you're a misfit you're just a fucking there we're all misfits and everybody's like oh dude what up it's like sports but at a much smaller smaller level like nobody knows you know so like i could tell like my girlfriend or like any of my family or my cousins or anyone that's like oh you play music or you tour you know what what do you do like what's it called like you know this and it's almost like i'm embarrassed to tell them even the name of what it's called they expect like the basic that's things that's they know. Bad, like, you know yeah they're like i needed to be rock and roll i needed to be yeah. like a jazz band or like you know what i mean like, like, dude, like it's like yeah i played at this place and you know oh i know that oh you played in my city or something but what was your band called or like what do you know like, I used to say, they I used don't to say get it like, all the time yeah 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 exactly yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's like it's like oh it's like it, it's an ego thing between a bunch of sweaty metal dudes like, <laughs> yeah yeah it's like it, it, it's like the whole thing about like you know you make metal to, to impress other other guys like exactly like mm-hmm. you or whatever or like your your peers or whatever you know it's like sports too it's like you know it's like it's cool that you do what you do like you got your well, thing but like nobody really cares except us it's like an underground <laughs> it's like an underground like hockey league yeah, where it's like cool. dude we only but like if you like famous, it you know you have to play like a, a solo if you guys get mad at each other <laughs> like before like yeah, exactly. I don't, i've never heard of it i don't know what's going on like that's the thing like you know what i mean go ahead joseph sorry dave dave said today because they were talking about making money dave, dave was like yeah. yeah, he's like there. There's money in tech death, and Arch Spire's making all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They pretty much have it right now. They have the, the they they the cracked the code, code, dude. They figured yeah, it yeah. out. Dean Lamb has his own guitar strings now. Yeah, yeah. No, I, don't no, much, is... I don't have much else to say about it other than that we're not going to make the money back on this record. But yeah, <laughs> it's fun Holy to do it. Carrie so. Gear. So oh, what up, Carrie? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean that that is a. I mean, I think they they figured something out. That's kind of like it's over the top and there's a there's just a, a vibe to it that's like very almost welcoming to people that aren't interested in it like it's like it's like brr, bah, yeah. brr, bah, and there's like a, a tech nine style of growling and like a there's a bunch that's of pauses cool in there too. and i feel cool. like what i'm saying for like a person that's not into tech death that has never heard tech death is they like mm-hmm. you know their number one band's white chapel and then they hear archspire i feel like uh, they have cracked like what you said crack is cracked the code to be like make yeah. it accessible where it's like it's like they have these like these i'm now at the parts, point i'm now at the point parts. where i'm like if you want to know what i do i gotta tell you about f- like 50 other bands so we just don't yeah. need to talk about it you know i usually i'm like have you heard of like gojira and then how about Slayer? Like, those are my two go-to yeah. checks. You got to work backwards yeah. to, like, getting yeah. to Blue Oyster Cold or something like that. <laughs> where it, it, then we can find a common ground it's until like then it's like okay. not going to translate. Okay. Right, right. It's got to be like a band that, like a band that you actually truly love, but you're like, yeah, but I'm downgrading my from what I'm into right now into, like, something that I feel like we have a, something in common, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Opeth, Mastodon, maybe. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I don't I don't even tell people that I play death metal because they don't even they, they won't understand. Yeah, yeah, I don't even go down that conversation hole anymore. I just go like, yeah, I play a couple like, bands rock, play rock and roll. That's how unfamous you are, they don't even know what genre you play. They don't even understand <laughs> what genre. Like, yeah. So it's like that's what I, that's what I love about death metal yeah. though. It's like we all have this like unfamous yeah. kind of like grouping of like, yeah, we love we, it's like you gotta be it's like yeah. 
almost like a it's like a new school rush group even though rush got way bigger but it's like everyone's like everyone you know rush was like this band that everyone was like you know it's like all dudes and like two chicks and that was like the band you know like that people were into but it's like once you're in like you're in you know it's like for death metal it's the same thing it's like uh, I don't know if I want to like start you down and, this. You haven't you haven't even heard and, Slipknot or anything yet. Like, you don't. I can't even walk you through this right now. <laughs> like, just just like uh, just like Rush, you just have to ignore the vocals for forever to get into the music. Same, same. It's very yeah. Death metal <laughs> and <laughs> hearing Rush the first time, I was like, uh, and then I for uh, I, I I saw how they, they fit in the music, and I was like. This is actually perfect. I don't know. In the beginning, I was like, I don't yeah. get this dude, dude, at all. Rush, Rush is like me to me, like Tool. I just I was huge into it, but I just don't throw it on. Don't say no. no. Oh, okay. No. I, <laughs> I mean, no, no. Say, these Canadians are like, going to no, take no. it big on Maynard too. I was like, you're going to go for Giddy and Maynard in the same minute. Giddy, Giddy Lee. <laughs> what did I, say? Right. did I say it wrong? So what was his name? Giddy, Giddy Lee, Getty. oh Getty. Getty Lee, excuse me, sorry dude. <laughs> Someone's a little I'm giddy, giddy up, you know? son. Why? <laughs> We're almost four hours in this. Three <laughs> twenty oh, now. It's I came in like an hour and a half. Four hours. But no, I mean, I mean that. I mean, Rush for Canada is like <laughs> Led Zeppelin, or you know, it's like that's like their biggest. That's I guess your biggest export for like rock and roll, right? Uh, yeah, that's just so. I mean, you got uh, bands like uh, like Neil Young, like Neil Young, Guess Who, those uh, BTO, those bands sold a lot mm-hmm. for uh, internationally. But most Canadian bands will be big in Canada. Like, there's a bunch of bands that you'll hear on our stations that were big in Canada, and that's it. You know, there's very few bands like Rush or like Nickelbacks. Uh, one of one of the few bands that was big outside of Canada. It's rare to are they from be Canada? Big outside of Canada, sadly, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, one you. thing that I've probably said <laughs> many times sure. on the show, dude, and I know I'm bringing up at the end of this, but the Canadian death metal scene has oh, they're had such an unsung influence on the rest of the world. If we really oh. sit and think about it. Well, we got Gorgut. We got Beyond Creation. Those are like the two biggest tech that like going to play. Come on, let's Montreal. That, like, so many fucking like amazing. Like they were like, like taking everything and and holding onto it like a sponge and creating like crazy technical death metal. Like you know why modern tech bands aren't as brutal? Like I was saying, is that when we came up, we got into like Cryptopsy to get over the top. So a lot of those mm-hmm. bands were blown away by Cryptopsy, where it's like modern bands, maybe they didn't get into Cryptopsy in those years that they were changing the world, you know, of extreme metal. I really I think agree. Decapitated's a big influence on, like, modern metal now. Oh, hell yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of Canadian bands, have you heard of, uh, this is for Sasha, Mother Mother? Yeah. You know that band? Oh, yeah. That well, sounds familiar to they, me too. Are they, are they big out there? They're big that's, in that's Canada. That's where they're from, right? And yeah, um, they, they're like the yeah. They're 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 big, um, but I would say like they 
aren't as big as they could be because they're only big in Canada. Like they ascended and then they've just kind of not plateaued, but they've just kind of remained at that level. If that makes sense. Okay. They're like the coolest band I've discovered working as a music teacher in the last like few months. A student brought it in. I was like, this is sick stuff. Yeah. But they, 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 what style is it? Alt rock, pop, indie. But they, indie pop. they, they take, they take a lot of risks in the sense of like they write commercial music, but it's different. And I think what yeah. makes them unique kind of holds them back to an international market. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know, just, just not a huge topic of conversation or anything. Just wanted to reference them. If they're, if they're um, more brutal, they'd probably be bigger though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's a, uh, if they like I have mean, the brutality of Nickelback, then maybe like we would talk about them more. A little three days grace in there. Hey, you want to talk about Canadian musicians? <laughs> um, old school. Um, if you don't know Oscar Peterson, you should really check him oh, out. Yeah, He's dude. one of the best, best uh, pianists, jazz pianists of all time. He was. I didn't know he was Canadian. Oh, I love he was, jazz he was, piano. Dude, he was um, performing. Toby. He was performing at age 15, 16 um hitting the road oscar peterson oscar peterson okay absolutely he played right with now. absolutely amazing he played with joe pass in the, his heyday he, he had a trio and joe pass <laughs> play with him and uh he's probably my favorite canadian musician he's if i had to pick sick. one guy he's i'm watching a, a video of him right now he's insane he's very good okay all right <laughs> 30 seconds in, he, 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 like he's, he's self, insane he's self-taught so like what? many okay. jazz musicians, so yeah. Well, hey, and then he's self taught. I'm like, okay, I definitely Oscar Peterson, Oscar Peterson. I'm gonna go to sleep. Oscar Peterson, Oscar Peterson. I literally at the very I, I clicked a minimal of, of a YouTube video of him, and he was just like shredding, and then he just like ended, and the whole crowd was like, What? And just like <laughs> clapping. And then I was like, This is sick. I'm like, because you know, he like went on a solo and it was insane. Hey, I, I got like, it. Um, oh, go, go ahead, ahead go ahead. I have a quick question for you guys. Do you listen to jazz a lot? Or like for me, I love jazz, but I don't throw it on much. I like to go to I jazz throw it on concert. more often. I like to go to jazz like shit. Like when uh like I saw Stanley Clark recently and like I like the the it's like an in per it's like a in-person vibe I get from jazz where it's like the you get to see the improv live and you get to see like him feeding off the or him or her feed mm -hmm. off the uh emotions of uh, of like what's going on with the crowd. It's and I'm just like yeah, what I'm so getting that, at is, that. is I'm not shitting on jazz, but it's some of the yeah, best are. music ever. But sometimes, like within the same song, it's like horrible. You know what I mean? Like it'll be amazing, and then like a bar or two later, what, they're they're like, amazing, like they're like playing yeah, what's an amazing part, what's what's the, what's an amazing part to a jazz song that like what's an part a, a, into a jazz song that you're like what the fuck's going on? And then when does it get boring? It has to be the context of the band. Like, um, I can listen to Chick Corea, mm -hmm. and if I listen to an album, I'll appreciate it. But if I'm like going, if I skip a track, I'm like, uh, you know, like you have to like listen to a full album. Like old yeah. stuff, like Thelonious Monk is classic. You can throw that stuff on; it's easy. But like a lot of jazz fusion stuff can be amazing, but there's not enough, like song to song like to fluidity keep yeah and it, it's not that it has to be predictable or anything like that but it, it's just something that i've realized where like i love jazz 
and I have a shit ton of albums and stuff, but I don't like throw it on as much as other types of music. I mean, it, jazz is something that I would throw on even if the mood. Right, I'll, I'll tell you when I, yeah. when my times to put on jazz is when I want to put on something, uh, a complex enough to maybe, um, stimulate my children's, background listening you know whatever they're doing i'll put on some jazz i know classical can do that too but i it's something technical that i'm trying to like listen to while i'm in the presence of the rest of the people that don't want to listen to highly technical music you know so it would be something that i can tap into Totally. While being in the realm of the rest of my people, I'm still spending time with, you know? Yeah. And I mean, um, like Mahavishnu, like there's yeah. bands that you can just throw on and you're like, yeah, like they're masters and but I dig a- it. But then there's other bands where they just, there's not enough like substance well, there sometimes. There's so much. I mean, that's such a broad, that's like, that's comparing yeah. like Guns N' Roses to Cannibal Corpse, you know? Or, or like i mean straight up like if you think of it in genres like i mean like yeah exactly yeah <laughs> earlier yeah but like for me it's like genres like like i i kind of like my apple whatever music shit i, I put it into genres so i like to like focus on it that way but like i have like a jazz blues se- se- section and even certain artists like early like herbie hancock stuff or like this like straight like blue note like straight jazz like as all in that yeah. section or like charlie parker and like even like most john coltrane you know that kind of shit but then then i have like a you know like a fusion jazz section which is like all that you know you know for ter- return to forever al Miola, you know all that mm-hmm. kind of shit we're talking mm-hmm. about Mahavishnu orchestra all that then i have a latin jazz section like paco de la Cia and all that kind of shit and all the like you know passion grace and fire and all the you know all that shit it's totally different genres like like it's like comparing yeah. thrash to like you know gorgasm. But like, also too, like, one so thing like, actually with Casey with you saying that I'm actually interested so, because you're such a good guitar player and such a good um, I know like compliments, but great guitar player, amazing drummer. Like, what do you when you listen to jazz? Like, what are you focusing on? Mm. Well, again, so it's like jazz. So it's like it's like if I'm listening. So like if I'm if I'm talking about like straight ahead jazz, like I'm listening to kind of like it's kind of like based on the player a little bit. Like I'm listening to John Coltrane. Then it's mm-hmm. like okay, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting Elvin Jones on drums or like certain people that would play with him often, but yeah. it could be it could be a lot of different other players. But I'm kind of thinking of that's why jazz, like and Vaughn was talking about this too, like it's kind of based on more the name of the player as opposed to like the band or the group. Whereas in fusion, it's more about the band or the group, you know, mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. and then you also eras like of people. It's like Kirby Hancock is like he's got blue note shit like early like straight ahead jazz. He's got like 70s funk, he like invent, you know, whatever. I mean, 70s funk, like fusion shit. And then he like invented hip hop, like with rocket and shit. Like, I mean, for the most part, like turntable stuff, like, like, like the music behind, like, you know, really early 70s. He, you you know, I, I think where I'm getting at is I usually like outfits that have a blues or funk aspect, like that feel underneath a lot of the jazz. And that's how I view a lot of neoclassical shredders. If you can't bend yeah. one note and catch me, you yeah. know, a minute will go like Ing- Ingve Malmsteen, great, one of the greatest guitar players ever. 
after a minute or like Steve Vai yeah. after a minute, it loses. Sure, I, yeah. I lose. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think agree. that's where I'm. I'm not trying to generalize jazz at all, even though I did. So yeah, apologies yeah. for that. But it's simply, oh, no. you it's know, like tri- <laughs> it's really like, hard tri- to, yeah. like tribal tech. You know, that has a, a heavy blues undertone. You know, Mahavishnu has like blues. So I think that's where I'm getting at. Is it has to have basically kind fusion. Of those... That's fusion. You know. Yeah. It's not jazz. Yeah. So I, I think yeah. I yeah I think that's where I'm getting a, a bit down a tangent think, that's not fair to the genre as a whole well it's like saying that you listen to jazz or listen to fusion it's like two completely different you know so like jazz is like straight up like improv like and it's like there's a head and there's a form and it's like da 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 you know but like like the shit we're talking about like with any of this stuff is all fusion you know, yeah isn't like, fusion almost seems like let's take all the great individuals and put them together from different well like chick korea is a big one like algy mula like just left yeah. college and you know went straight into like you know playing with return to forever yeah so, you know, like that kind of shit like the 70s was a huge fusion era billy cobham like, john because yeah before rock and roll the big style of music was was like big band jazz you know yeah like so like you know like i mean but you know like all the all the drummers before you know like buddy rich and gene krupa and all those guys like invented like drum sets like you know hardware and they like designed like you know all this like you know all that is super early it's just eras of time like the 40s the 30s the 40s then the 50s there was rock and roll everything changed but like it was all those were the shredders back then like in terms of what we're talking you know the 70s is what you're talking like when you're talking about all this stuff, like in terms yeah. of this is all seventies fusion. This is not jazz. Like it's, it's when well, pot got when pot got into jazz. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Casey, well, no, that was way before. That was before. Know. I know. I know. Oh yeah, those I guys think, were doing that. Shit LSD, LSD, going to jazz. I dude, think. When, imagine, imagine Charlie Parker and those guys touring during World War Two, dude. They're on Jesus. tour. Mm. And then my grandpa tours in the fifties, like as a pianist. Yeah. Like my grandpa was touring and like, what do you? Like what kind of uh, horse like pull your piano with like to like I'm like bitching yeah. in 2007 about like touring so hard and he's like in the oh, fucking yeah. 50s and, like... and those guys and when shit. when you have yeah, I know when you have all these crazy individual players the only way they can continue to evolve is by like you think of those guys that ability within a couple early performances they're like wow I've played everything where do I go from here. So I think that's you know what I what you're describing where guys are just extending beyond mm-hmm. um Miles Davis. I mean yeah, and, and, and that's where you get like mm-hmm. John McLaughlin doing a, a three minute flute solo on his synth guitar. Okay. Like I don't I don't want to hear you, that. I love it's like you getting weird, traveling it's out like to South flute, India. like, it's I, like, like it. I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. That's just weird. I mean, Trevor just spent fucking four hundred dollars on fucking tickets to see Shakti. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's right. got is their it, own. Is it sold out? Um, I don't think it is. There's two. I think you might add another it's, show, but there's yeah. But okay, because yeah, I still, it's still a possibility. But man, that's by the way, uh, he might not be able to make it. So we'll see. I might have an natural ticket. elements is a very important al- album when it comes to Shakti and John McLaughlin, dude. It's definitely. I just that love John album. McLaughlin was that guy. I, I I think John McLaughlin was the, in my opinion, was the first 
shredder like people say shredder like pretty loosely like for him in the time that he came out and was doing that shit like he's he's pre like you know aldemiola he's like one of the old he's one of the old boys on the block and he's the one that was like trying to be like but even shock t shows you that they shred over there too yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They shred, they shred on violin, on dude. There's exactly. so yeah. much shred going on in yeah. Shock T. Dude. If you're dude. into music, that shit's insane. Dude, like, watch. Uh, it's a different instrument, but Ravi Shankar was shredding before almost anyone, dude. What oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. They, they had like signatures and, and scales that no one was using. Oh, no. Yeah. I went to high school with his daughter, Anishka. Wow. Yeah, it's insane. Sandy Aaron. Yeah, that's for nuts. Yeah, and Casey he played one. See, Casey's basically it's like a, a musical shred, shredding this pod right now. <laughs> no, no. no, 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 it's all, it's all, dude. I love this stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we love yeah. it too, dude. That's why we're chatting right now, dude. I and the whole it. point of all this is these people are like famous and legends above all these other people or whatever, it doesn't matter. And you meet some of these people and they're just like, How's it going? Like they're like the nicest, fucking coolest people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they're like, oh, let's go to Trader Joe's. Like you know, when and you go to Trader Joe's and nobody knows who they are at Trader Joe's. Like, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter, it's man. It's crazy. like, and that's the whole funny thing about the whole ego thing is it's like, dude, like nobody, you know. I kind of like, think that that nobody what knows. Dude, like we're so hey, niche. Imagine, so niche, you know. Imagine they had an ego like the the modern. T- tech death dude we're like yeah bro if only you knew what i could shred on sitar on this 11 8th passage know. you know oh, like, you don't even God. know bro they're like what does that even mean like what are you well, a lot of a lot of people just need to like when they don't understand things i mean if they just like played guitar for a year or played an yeah. instrument for a year and they're like oh shit this is really like like a really simple song i thought was simple is very hard and then like yeah. Then they start leveling up and learning what's actually like crazy, and then they they're like, "What the fuck is a sitar?" Are you fucking kidding me? Like once nice. they understand like a sit like the their twenty eight note scales or whatever the fuck they're doing, that's like, oh my god! Like and the the that's what yeah. the shock D is like the that um like kind of scat version of of Indian music like but i'm like what the that's, and they're like so technical i'm like what the, the beauty f- of art though is like yeah, is like yeah. being so into something like it doesn't matter like to you it's like the world you know yeah like, yeah it's everything like oh my god and then you're like hey this person's like so like meet this per- they're like a legend and, and, and you know your friend's like human, okay, yeah. hi hi you know like it's like <laughs> I know, yeah, but that's kind of the commonality we have with the death metal underground yeah. and and this jazz fusion underground. It's the same it really is. It's yeah, just, totally. I agree. We are fringe. We're all fringe type of people, but we we get so deep into what we do that we're just we, I think we love it all. And the it, difference it, is like I mean for with, with metal versus like that style of music is like metal is like we come up from like this kind of like I I'll just sound stupid but like an angsty kind of pissed off like Ugh. and they're like they're trained in this music their whole lives mm-hmm. like and so and yeah yeah they're, they're like they're don't trained. get anxious like for us we're yeah. like we're like fucking what's the gnarliest thing next <laughs> we're like that's what we're saying like to our there's friends no, like teaching position at any college like in <laughs> yeah the exactly like, these guys are like training metal. their whole lives for this and we're like 
Oh, yeah. dude, that's gnarly. <laughs> that's crazy, yeah. dude. But, but, like, but, um, but you want to know about yeah. that. You want as as like when you get into crazier music as a metal person, like the angry metal person, and you see people that like are progressing at their instrument. You see a guy from India shred a fucking tabla, and you're oh, like, Jesus fucking Christ! What the fuck? I love is going it, over there? You know, oh, yeah. it makes yeah, me yeah. feel. I get so excited. I listened to Shakti this week, dude, and oh, that dude. there's, uh, uh, I think yeah. it's get down and uh, something. There's a song. I listened to Easy when I pissed. no but there's this one song literally dude i'm gonna figure it out i swear i'm gonna oh dude he's on a cell phone by the end of the podcast (laughs) no dude like a fucking it's almost there using the mic i got my glasses on it's gonna get us there 30 seconds quicker but no i I mean a lot of yeah what's up oh go ahead you can keep going i got something to ask oh yeah yeah uh fuck uh fuck the seahawks I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> good luck when uh, Patrick Mahomes gets another high ankle sprain, brother. <laughs> or we lose Where's your team now, them. brother? Oh, oh, that's they said we lost every kill in the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> Whatever, dude. You guys, you know, you guys had Russell fucking Wilson. He was a great quarterback, dude. We had a good defense. That's what got us there too. Yeah, I know. You had the Legion of fucking Apoon. But. <laughs> no, no, I know. I, I don't have. I mean, it's the NFC. I don't give a shit about you guys. I don't, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. But um, a lot of people around here, I mean, a lot of people moved from Seattle to here. And I see like a big Seahawks thing. And I'm like, I'm I'm down. I, I love that stadium. I've been to that stadium before. I've been to every pretty much. I think there's like three or four stadiums I've been to. But, like, I love stadium vibes, you know? Like, I'm a football nerd, dude. So, like... All, all I care like, about is uh, I can't wait for Aaron Rodgers to retire so we never have to talk about him again. <laughs> I wish that I, guy would just go away. I used to hate him until Pat McAfee. And yeah, the, now the, Joe, like, the Joe Rogan of sports broadcasts. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah, he is. Like, one of the, yeah, you, mean, you mean the best or top top listen to <laughs> doesn't mean you're the best though if people if i mean you started from nothing though and you, you got something cool yeah <laughs> drake's popular he must be good <laughs> at least i uh, i don't like drake at all i i tried it i Neither tried I. to get into drake i tried i, I tried gonna... to get into why would you try because I, i'm popular it's the number one thing in the world i'm gonna like i'm gonna try give it a shot and try to understand know. where the psychology is behind why everyone loves this shit and I got it. It's all. It's it's basically like I get the whole thing. It's all. Like, boom. It's like and it's like oh the lyrics touch me and they don't touch. So me. the number one in the world should be shocked to you with John McLaughlin on the album Natural Elements. The song. Oh, yeah. Get down. Taught, Wait. No. No. Uh, in school. Um, it's a specific song. I want people to check out. Get down and sir T S U R. Oh, wait, S R U T I. Surti. U T I. Get down. I've had U-T-I. one of those before. <laughs> yeah, we've, all, we've all had plenty of U T I. I'd take some pills, though. Spe- speaking of which, you I called it something uh, differently. I called it something different when I got speaking it. Speaking of which, I got to drive to Santa Cruz in the morning. So, uh, oh, oh, shit, shit dude. Yeah. yeah. I got to go rest. I got to go rest. My shit. We're raging in two days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, by the way. Let's let's at the, let's end this podcast with uh, congratulations to Jared and Shara. 
Like they've been really good, awesome friends in my life, and I'm honored to be in their groomsmen for their wedding in a couple of days. Jared from Archaic. Uh, yeah, Jared Archaic and Sheriff from fucking Spawn Possession. And I'm also gonna uh, say the same thing. Uh I am I love very, Sheriff. very been... stoked and very excited for the wedding this weekend. We're all hanging out besides fucking seahawk boy over there we're all yeah, fucking sosh and you actually look like you could be oh. jared's big brother dude. Yo, me and him talk shit in the background also. I, I how dare this. you hey Just uh kidding. quick question about archaic is that keith keith Rowlands guy playing drums still or no no it's uh god damn it no no i meant like does he still Come play on, drums Mr. that first Mr. archaic is amazing first archaic drums. album Oh yeah, that's that's back in the day when me and Casey oh, were, yeah. we were we were playing with them back in like the early days before they got signed to Unique Leader. Uh fucking goddamn it. I can't think of names right now. Um but no, they were such a hungry he's, band. He's a great yeah, drummer. Remember, though, Greg? Womb of Perceptions no. track and the first archaic man, the drumming on it's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, they were the they first were archaic it. release you're talking about. I love I everything yeah yeah weird wait uh before we wrap it up i got a quick question why don't more people down pick we haven't gone into that why why (laughs) do you think it is that people don't down pick much these days because they because of youtube ask matt satello see what he says i think that they're like it's like you have to make sure that your wrist is nice i still i still get excited when i see down picking where is it though i don't see anyone uh, down picking matt does a lot of down picking i know yeah yeah, matt oh yeah yeah he's from the good school well yeah yeah because everyone's playing at 300 beats a minute like you know you can't and they're learning like through youtube where they're like no 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 don't down like alternate pick and just be comfortable i think (laughs) i think people skip other styles of music so if you're not playing thrash before you play death metal you're you're maybe not down picking as that's much. where i started was thrash with the getting the down picking right? that was the whole thing i mean for me i i would encourage people to like use the down pick as like a tool and not because now i'm like stuck in down picking mode my the rest of my life and i i wish that i really spent more time on alternate picking because i would always use down picking for alternate pick riffs and because i had the uh, twitch i could keep up with it but that's not logical for like your energy levels and your forearm and your fucking right here in your hand like that's not well, going to be we have a manageable safe, thing nowadays it's safe space metal where there's no like everyone's <laughs> in their comfort zone right that's what i was uh i, I was that's why i was talking about uh damien i was like what's this like there's just all like you guys are all like buff like fucking down big bitch what's going on <laughs> and uh, was, it's kind of like it's kind of your guys's thing though that's why i love it that's why i don't first of all don't fucking have more people down pick because that's your guys's that's yeah, your space why do you want to give it away the secret it's your you safe know, space i think keep it i think when yourself. people by the time they hear yeah. suffo they're like oh there's no way i can try to play like that so they just <laughs> they don't even try they're yeah, like wow that's yeah. like and your covers and like, are sick. I've seen you do some stuff with covers. They're thanks, dope. man. You know, yeah. su- why don't you down pick the spawn, dude? Spawn your spawn, spawn possession covers. You got to down pick the whole thing. Well, that's not possible. <laughs> exactly, <in> the notation. <laughs> Once you get past a certain BPM, it's yeah, a yeah. hard to 
but there'll be a kid that does it one time in 2029. Exactly. Yeah. And we're going to get all, we're going to all be getting our prostates exam like this motherfucker. <laughs> what? Okay. No, we're, I'm talking about being old. How, how old. old are you going to be in 2029, dude? Dude, I'm already 40, bro. So I'm saying you're gonna get your butthole butthole checked very soon, bro. It's coming around the corner. Are you gonna do it for me? Yeah, yeah. Could you do it to each other? (laughs) Dude, I love Casey so much I might have to do it, dude. I'm gonna see you on Saturday, so we can work it out. (laughs) Yeah, all the all the like in veracity or suffo shit, that shit's so hard to play, like down picking all that. Um Mm -hmm. Thanks, Cam. Love you, bro. Um, yeah, the Inveracity drummer is like, or Inveracity guitar player is one of the most unappreciated guitar players. That guy's like phenomenal. So, yeah, I mean, to play any Inveracity, okay. any Suffo, it's freaking really hard. Fuck yeah. I mean, it comes from like a primal style of getting into a aggressive style of music. And when you get a guitar and, and you start down picking, you're like, I want to, like, it was Slayer for me. It was like down. Like I was like testing the will of my forearm constantly you know, as a kid because I didn't want to. There's no like. We go like you don't want to go. Duh, 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 you want you want to go, you wanna know the tip yeah. about down picking is that a lot of players play differently. Like everyone has different approaches. Um, like Terrence, you'll see like he'll flip yeah, to yeah, certain angles. Um, but the thing Gilbert. is, a lot a lot of guitar players the 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 real techie guys a lot of it's um um what's the fucking word not not ergonomics but it's the economy of motion they're focusing so much on that where you're work you're working on the outside of the strings we're down picking and suffo you're going through the strings so it's Mm. contrary to what what they're doing so that is probably why it's counter um and also when you down pick it's not the hand it's literally the way you pin yes. your hand on the bridge that's the starting motion but you have like an infrastructure that builds behind it so you have the forearm a lot of it's in the tricep even into the trap so it's like and the penis and your big penis <laughs> so but, you, wait, that you've tra- <laughs> <laughs> So you've actually mapped like what you right. use. Oh no, I'm going to bed. Peace, guys. All right, love you, buddy. Rock on. Good to meet you, Casey. Thanks for your yeah, time. You too, Thanks, Shasha. Thanks, buddy. Rock on. Bro. So That's you've awesome. you've mapped like what muscles you use while you yeah. play. Yeah, you. With me trying to teach, like I'm doing lessons now. So within the mo- the notion of trying to teach people how I do it, I've realized little subtleties that. I don't realize that are just second nature. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when it's like throwing a punch, when you throw a punch, you throw, and then the coming back motion is just as um, efficient as, as the extension of the punch. So when you punch through the strings, your rebound mm-hmm. is just as efficient as going down. So with every yeah. downstroke, you just result back to, um, I don't know, your starting point. And then once you start doing that, you see a lot of it's the space between the notes. 
you're literally it's like shotgun you're just like shotgunning through right that that doesn't make much sense but yeah no no it it totally does dude it really does yeah that's i mean down picking i mean there's bands that the gorgasm is known that's just the underground death metal thing is like gorgasm down picks dude so does uh i mean no i mean diesel flesh actually does a lot of alternate picking when it goes fast but they did a lot of down picking back in the dude, day dude eric rest in peace one of the craziest yeah. right right hands like he exactly. was down picking like crazy um, yeah yeah for me i feel like because I, I i feel like that's how i learned on my own and i actually because i had this like unnatural like like twitch of my hand like or i could just like blur my hand that it was mm-hmm. kind of like a i didn't like that i had to learn alternate picking I'm like oh fuck i'm like fucked now for a lot of things and i had to like sit there and like go and carry gear if he's still yeah carry he's still in there he's in he's um in. Uh, Carrie, one time, like me and him were just like all these like riffs that we had that we were all down picking. We're like, we we're getting older. Let's like uh, let's start working on the uh, alternate picking so we can like not get tired right away and like play an easy riff, which was a hard <laughs> riff at down picking. I've always viewed it; it's identical to single foot blasting. There's drummers where like I could do that, but it throws off the economy of of everything else I have to do. Like if you're yeah right dominant and you're you're single foot blasting like crazy that's gonna throw off other things that you play and it's like if you down pick it might throw off you know being able to be loose because your hands are all tight unless your down picking is or your uh, alternate picking is solid true but i think it's i've always viewed it like single foot blasting where it's like not it's not for everyone you know yeah, yeah. some some people mm-hmm. aren't you know and there's children made. on the internet that are shredding and you're like and they're doing all the techniques and you're like god damn it there's seven and just shredding my <laughs> ass like, fuck, i'm hating my uh, i don't know that, that shit i'm just like seeing like young people just do the things i've always wanted to do like and they do all the, they do down picking they do alternate they're like everything and i'm like cool dude we'll uh how much do these go for are used? How much can I sell this thing for? <laughs> like, I'm just kind of, it, it really like disheartens you to see kids like that out there. It's a skateboarding. It's the thing. It's like, that's the reason Ryan Sheckler won the, the X games at 15, you know, it's like in the, yeah. the Tony Hawk and everyone's like, what the fuck is this kid? You know, it's like people just take it to another level. Cause they get to start with necrophagist. And then now it's like your iron maiden is their necrophagist. And then yeah. they're just like taking it to another level, you know. That I makes like sense. I was gonna say to Anthony, is Severed Savior gonna do new stuff? Is that a thing? Yes. Uh <laughs> you can say no. I I won't say no. Yes. I won't say no and, because and this, I don't know for sure. I haven't heard I'm not in, in on the camp, but I'm just here's I'm my thing. Yes. I've always wanted it to happen, and I think that certain things have happened recently that are pushing it in that direction. Now, cool. I also will say that Severed Savior is a thing that you just have to let simmer. It really is something that just needs to simmer and evaporate all the the stuff out of it that 
they don't want there because they just that's how they like to cook their stuff, you know. Just that's let fair. them let Gilbert. It's like Gilbert is somebody that it's like once he is in the mode, mode. of creating, yeah. you He's let there. him let him just be the chemist in the lab dude and, and he's he, probably such a perfectionist that it's hard for him to like finish an idea he is and i will like, I he'll, just, he'll rewrite I will, it and rewrite it and i will call it. mike gilbert out because he is like the most perfectionist star player i've ever met in my life i he says he does dude does practices dude. in front of me where he's like i fucked up so much i'm like that was the sickest thing i've ever seen a human do and he's Dude, like, I, I'm sorry. He like apologizes. I'm sorry. Matt Matt like, Kilner, like... Matt Kilner with Iniquitous Deeds and uh, his own band. He's the same way. He's he's thrown out like full albums because he thought it wasn't good enough, and he would just continue and mm -hmm. continue. And um, you know, I respect that. And uh, I know Mike. Not... Mike also had problems. I think with his his hands for. I have. Yes, but it he is fully capable of playing at this time and i will say that i put my full trust in my brothers yeah they're gonna i i think that uh the 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 fire has been lit underneath that pan and the oil is getting nice and ready for some fresh produce to be thrown into it and fucking sauteed up bro that's cool analogy. You must be a good cook, brah. I actually, I actually do enjoy being in the kitchen, dude. I you really like do. melt? You melt cheese on a bun, bro? Oh, dude! If you want me to, I'll do anything for you, dude. That's that a, sounds I'm, pretty I'm, easy. Yeah, I can get that done for you in like you want. two minutes, dude. Um, was that a, was that a pickup? Was that a pickup line? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but um. Yeah, I wasn't trying to pry or put you on the spot with this. No, no, it's shit. all I good. Just, I just, uh, I, th I, I think I can say what I said because <laughs> very um, cheesy. <laughs> if you do follow Severed Savior's social media within the last couple of months, there has already been an announcement that we're, we're, uh, they, the guys are starting to get a little antsy and they want to make some more music, dude. So, Hey Troy, why don't you? Uh, I'm all with what it. You think about this. What, what do you? What are you talking about? I have nothing to say about it. But what do you think? I'm with it. That's all I'm saying. I'm still the vocalist. Troy, gonna, Troy's down for the gonna be on it. <laughs> Troy's like half, he's probably half buzz, going like, "Man, cheese on a bun sounds pretty fucking good right now, bro." Yeah, I think uh, that. Uh, sorry, Troy. I apologize. Things I will you. be happening in the next. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to tell. I. Don't even ask me about time, but I'm saying people are <laughs> get wanting to get creative again. Boom. Oh, I, I got to say for new, new Gorgasm, man, it's going to be like a mix of um, Orgy of Murder meets Masticate. Uh, Lesky's just, you know, a fine wine, man. It sounds cheesy to say that, but like his, his ability to write, it's kind of like everyone talks about Diego being a wizard and he's he's the flow master of what he does. But Lesky's a genius with with how he writes um, material. And I mean, I've never been Matt, disappointed Matt with Gorgasm. Matt, yeah, with Matt Kilner and, and what we're doing. We're doing a three song EP and um, we're really uh, psyched up for it. John Hall 
uh, full-time member. We couldn't be more happy with a new bass player. And, uh, you know, uh, thanks to Damien for allowing me to write. You know, I'm writing material for my favorite band. He He's the main writer. You know, he's the sound, but he's allowing me to to incorporate some second guitar work um, to to help me put my spin on it certain parts and nice i got i have some leads you know i'm doing some solos already and i'm like you know kind of blown away by that opportunity and uh that's sick man very classical so yeah it's gonna be pretty sick nice dude well i'm i'm super excited to hear it dude i mean gorgasm has been a very important band in my upcoming literally could have at one point called them my favorite band in the brutal dan kenny dan kenny jesus christ dan kenny is like a (laughs) gorgasm like and 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 it's because of me and him we would listen to bleeding profusely over and over and over and shout out Dan Kenny, I don't know you, bro, but like, yo, Suicide Silence, fucking Gasm tour, hook it up, brother. You know <laughs> Dude, he would he would fucking push for that. I'm not gonna lie. Last time I was hanging out, uh, uh, three or four weeks ago, I was hanging out with him, and he was like, came out with like two different Gorgasm shirts. He's like trying to like, just like he was being like kind of like silly, trying to show his like he's, death metal he's cred. Your only possibility, like, dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He would he would definitely fucking vouch for that. I guarantee if he can get gorgasm on a fucking tour with him he would shit his pants like that's his number one yeah. like goal in life he, he's super he's he's just as underground as we are because i it's our, i mean sasha if you want the last little bit that's my best friend dude i grew i went to high school with him i started my nice. first death one band with him they 69 like that. twice yeah i didn't know that <laughs> we did 69 like 70 times <laughs> dude um no that right. I started carnivorous with Troy and him, dude. Oh shit! Hey, that that yeah, that Dan's lineage up to Suicide Silence was technical, brutal death. Well, metal it's first. dope because we we are actually incorporating some fucking deathcore breakdowns with whale sounds and and shit on the new stuff. So he might dig <laughs> that's that. real. Don't go Jira shame me. Just because I like Jira a little bit, all right? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, dude, keep falling the oh, all right let's all right let's wrap it up with some plugs I love, hey sasha uh, by you, the way hey sasha you, you broke into the four hour group bro yeah no, got, Jesus. I, I think there's only been like, i think there's what? only like four or five of you guys now. i can't believe i can't believe this is uh you're in is... there with only legends bro how do you feel i uh i'm just lucky to to get a platform to you know hopefully i wasn't too stupid i said a lot of stupid shit but yeah i appreciate you guys and uh not nah, much oh, much right. love for what you're doing so yeah thanks you're keep, a great keep hang, fucking dude. keep let's keep talking shit in the dms about sports and let's i'm glad you came on here and you're fucking down picking like I'm, what, what's your instagram handle by the way uh down pick dot brew b-r-u-h motherfuckers fuck yeah That's what's up, dude. Get pretty, it. pretty goofy but uh, yeah. all right so <laughs> it's like for do you have access to the flyer? Joel? Yeah, I do. What, what are right, we doing? Cool. Just tell me what to do. All right. First, Battle Forge Coffee, real quick. Boom. Get that's your not a flyer, over. dude. That's a fucking. No, I know, but I was saying, you know, the flyer, the new one. All right. <laughs> BattleForgeCoffee.com. Get your caffeine over there. They got other shit. Support the homies. Deeds of Flesh. Cali Death. Boom. Second, 
calidethpodcast.bigcartel.com. Get your shirts over there, please. That's the only way you can support this show. If you've had fun wa- watching and listening, please put a little mo- money. Who should in we there. raid, by the way, in the in the chat? Okay, keep going. whoever's uh, available. I mean, I'm doing everything. We got so. homies on right now. Any homies on? No, just in the chat. Could you guys tell me? I'll do the first one. First one comes through. All right, fat, 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 fat Joel yeah. dot, uh, org. <laughs> don't, don't look like Joel. Oh, Max is Max on. Max is on. Okay. Boom. There it is. All right. Perfect. So go, Thanks, slowly with, go slowly with uh, your next words. All right. All right. And I got a plug, uh, Gorgasm. We got a big cartel. A lot of go. good And um, Brutal, brutal Mind, uh, we're repressing the whole discography and doing vinyls for every album. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. Nice, so dude. that's, uh, you know, full steam ahead. And uh, yeah, appreciate all the fans' support. Um, new Gorgasm is going to be what you guys have patiently waited for it's going to blow you away it's going to be another legendary, legendary album yeah. uh amongst the catalog so we'll we'll definitely deliver no doubt i'm i'm excited for that for sure damien so, such a cool dude you're such a cool dude i'm i'm i want to have both you guys back on maybe sometime that'd be cool to yeah, have after the, like the release of the album party. That'd be sick for sure. Be well, a, we're, we're doing a, a three-song EP and then or EP. So yeah, no, that's cool. Either way, dude, let's let's have a gorgasm party. In the and I'm actually future. after this, I'm gonna go visit Matt Kilner's playing with Vitriol right now. I'm actually missing their set, but I'm gonna get there just in time to hand him a hot dog. I'm gonna go to Seven <laughs> Eleven, buy him a hot dog, <laughs> and walk up to him and give him a hot dog, man. <laughs> I was actually, yeah, I was supposed to get a hot dog suit and I was going to be in the crowd and just like heckling them <laughs> between the songs, but I, I failed. We went too late. We went too long. Sorry, dude. That's okay. That's I one of the longest ones. It's like top two longest. Well, yeah, right. I love it. Well, cool, dude. And uh, Max Anomalous was getting Max a raid, by the way. is getting a raid. One of the best shredders in the game. Love you, Max, dude. You're awesome. And uh, new plug and. Hold on. This one's sick. Go for it. Yeah. Chicago Domination Fest has graced us with a sponsor. We're going to be doing lineup. That's stacked. Yes. A lot of good Super bands. stacked lineup. It's Super a, stacked. a three day thing. It's uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, July 27th, 28th, 29th. That's my fucking birthday. I, didn't I know, dude. Isn't that crazy? If, uh, if you haven't been to that fest, you're missing out. You got to go to Chicago. Miguel puts it on. He does it right. Um, Miguel's yeah, sick. Just stacked, stacked yeah, line. Dude. You can't, you can't miss it. One of the best uh, cenotaphs uh, on there. And we're just teasing it right now. We're going to be having a contest and this week we are going to be uh button heads about it. And by next episode, I'd like to have, something in place where we have a contest for you guys to win or somebody somebody's serious let's get serious about this guys i should have set it up i think mainly because we're kelly death podcast i feel like it's in chicago i was like just email us or anybody who's really serious about going to chicago we can ask a question we can ask a question that's like super like underground technical question about the the scene yeah but they also has to be like somebody who's really gonna go but if someone in alaska go yeah yeah that's true we got to make sure that like don't be uh don't i I don't know how you 
could take this and like scalp it online or whatever. But I'm just saying, we need somebody who's like really wanting to go to the fest that listens to this show. Hey, and here's your opportunity to get a ticket, or you and a friend. We got a contest coming next week. I heard. We'll uh, I heard a rumor that Severed Savior is playing this year. Oh, they definitely are. <laughs> oh, totally, dude. That's that's the uh, you just blew the contest, dude. Yo, what up? Guess who uh, the secret fucking band is? It's fucking Severed Savior. I mean, Odious is headlining, but like Severed's like I think they're opening. <laughs> I think Severed's opening. And Spawn's dude, like, dude, we're gonna do an. Oh no, we're gonna. This Spawn. is the thing. Okay, here's the secret, guys. We're gonna play, do. Bro. No, we're doing a severed Odia set, but we're playing at the same time on two different stages. Yeah, we're changing bars. Like every bar, like like Spawn does a thing, and then it's like a battle. I'm doing sprints back and forth. So they're like setting it up to where the verses have space to where I can run over and do, you know, you know what I'm saying? All right, let's let Sasha get to fucking vitriol. <laughs> <laughs> fucking I gotta get a hot dog, man. They're getting cold. <laughs> yeah, you got. I got a hot dog for you, brother. All right, sorry, no, <laughs> dude, you're, you're a rad motherfucker, dude. Yeah, was sick. Man. I really, I really had time, a great bro. time with you, dude. Hell yeah, man. Thanks for coming on, dude. I appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. Uh, much love to you guys. Thanks and, for uh, fucking missing your fucking playoff game for this. this that's uh, for me as a sports guy. That's a huge fucking deal to me. I probably would have gotten yeah. hurt. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, dude, but, uh, rock on, brother. Thanks for your time, guys. Take care, oh, yeah. no doubt, dude. And we'll keep in touch, dude. And uh, you're always welcome back on, dude. You, you're a good chat. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You know your shit. Sports. Well, thanks, guys. Could we end? Sports. Yeah, we're doing it right now. <laughs> All right. Love you, buddy. Have a good night. Cheers. See Bye. you next week, guys. <laughs>